0: Well, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening, whichever the case may be on this rotating globe. Welcome to another edition, live and uh, Hillary Willing, on the other side of midnight here in the land of enchantment. Uh, We have a lot of news to get to tonight, a lot of interrelated things. Remember the kind of new subtext for the title of this show is everything, everywhere, all at once. All these things happening that appear to some people, well, a lot of people, as if they're all disconnected. Whereas, in fact, our meta theory is that at a deeper level, these things are, in fact, really connected. And one of our jobs is to try to lay out how they are, to analyze the trends, to point out the uh, various directions that events seem to be flowing. Uh, I mean, is it an accident? Think about this. We have a, a, you know, twice impeached, four times indicted ex-president. Never in the history of the United States has this ever, ever happened. And he's leading in the Republican primary. At the same time, we have serious efforts by nations, separate nations to go back to the moon and to at some point inevitably have to reveal what's waiting there. And they keep mysteriously failing while for the first time in the weather bureau's history because 1939 doesn't count because uh, there was no global synoptic weather advisories hurricane warnings um except from the navy uh or or uh, you know uh tropical storm alerts so for the first time ever in the Weather Bureau's official history, we've got a hurricane downgraded now to a tropical storm sweeping across the most populated state in the Union, California. All of Southern California tonight is under rain and flash floods and mudslides and people in real extremists. And would you believe I've had some people who live in the L.A. area, um, who have complained to me that the media is overhyping this. It's like I, you know, visited L.A. a lot, you know, years ago, and it's really laid back. It's like uh, it's not as laid back as Hawaii, but it's definitely laid back. And for people who have never gone through a hurricane slash tropical storm, and they associate in their minds those terms with wind, and the winds are just, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour, not 100 or 130, they think they're in the clear. They think they're safe. Not forgetting that it's the water that kills most people in hurricanes or tropical storms, particularly if you're in an area where flash floods can occur, but they don't normally occur because the amount of rainfall is point zero one or something, you know, in a year. And right now, they're getting three or four inches per hour, particularly in the mountains. And people will say, because they don't know any better, well, it's up in the mountains. It's not down here where I am in the L.A. Basin. guys, remember, water flows downhill. What falls on the mountains eventually will reach Hollywood or La Cienega, or Palm Springs, or in other words, if you're not used to being in a desert to an influx of tropical moisture on a level that you have never imagined, let alone gone through, that's why the media has to overhype things because there's so much going on, remember everything everywhere all at once, and you don't know what to pay attention to. So unless you hear something twice, three times, five times, You're probably not going to pay attention to it, particularly if it's out of your entire ken, if you've never gone through what L.A. and Southern California are doing tonight. Uh, Georgia Lambert, who we had wanted to join in the third hour tonight, is not able to be with us because of flash floods and power outages and Internet and all that. And if she still has power and is listening, you know, we called her on Skype if she couldn't join us. I would love to have her, particularly after the first couple hours when I and John are going to lay out a really off-the-wall controversial theory, a model. I mean, if you thought last night was controversial, wait till you hear what I'm going to propose with data tonight. Be that as it may, um, item number one is basically an uh, up-to-the-date roundup of what's going on with Hillary in Southern California, and of course, Nevada is, is looking to get some of this uh, as well as the west part of Arizona. We're overwhelmed by a, what's called a blocking high, a ridge of high pressure. So the moisture, all this, this moisture in the atmosphere from Hillary is moving up and around. And even David in Canada, in Southern Canada might got, uh, you know, unusual rains Uh, Because of what's happening, you know, a thousand miles away because of the way the jet stream is moving and air currents carry uh, uh, the water vapor from totally unprecedented storm. Now, for you conspiracy theorists, and I know we have a few of those folks who listen, my um, decision point about Hillary, was it manufactured? Was it aimed at Southern California? Is it part of a larger offensive by somebody out there, out there, who does not like us? The fact that it diminished rapidly from a cat four down to a tropical storm as it moved over uh, colder waters tells me that it was a event of the earth itself, part of the global climate warming model and not part of some artificial interference which of course tells us that this is perchance not the last such event for the west coast we are going to see we will you know obviously have to wait um so item number one is all about hillary and everything you need to know and if uh, you're smart like georgia you will be staying home you will be drinking you know hot chocolate by a nice fire you'll be uh, you know listening to us as we scare you to death with certain things in the next three hours, but maybe not because there is a very interesting bright side to the to the uh, materials I'm going to present. Again, everything, everywhere, all at once. Item number two. Last night, of course, we had a very interesting and important discussion relating to the Russians and their launching a few days ago of Luna 25 it's successfully getting to the moon, successfully getting into orbit and preparing for the descent. Well, as you know, last night, something something weird happened. Gosh, weird? In this world? Weird? Where'd that come from? Or as my grandmother used to say, who ordered that? Uh, the Russians in the wee hours this morning, I had kind of a heads up through a source. And I laid it out in some emails to uh, our uh, panelists of last night after the show and Lo and behold, Reuters and others uh, confirmed it a few hours later, the Russians seem to have lost Luna 25. Something happened. And this spacecraft designed to land for the first time um, for the rush for anybody, actually, at the lunar South Pole, near the lunar South Pole, if I'm being very particular. Uh, it Something went wrong, radically wrong. And you know, when you actually read the uh, the Russian press release, it's it's almost like it was from The Onion. It's so arcanely languaged in tech speak that unless you have a translation, the you, you, first time through, you don't really realize, wait a minute, they lost this sucker. Now, Ron, Ron Gerberon, who is going to be one of our panelists tonight, I hope, uh, he's also in the flood zone of rains and all that, but he's... Uh, better situated east of uh, San Diego and north. Um, At least that's what he's telling me. Uh, If he can join us, he will. His theory is, which I think is frankly a pretty good theory, that maybe the Russians in 47 years, based on their own sterling track record of incredible successes in those decades when we were racing them to land Apollo on the moon, With all those unmanned landings, the Lunic series, the Luna series, the Lunacods, the rovers, maybe they actually figured out that the moon is surrounded by this incredibly ancient, incredibly fragmented, incredibly spotty dome, a glass crystalline dome. And they were able to get down through it because they had technology that was able to basically mapping where the glass still is. Whatever they figured out, there's two possibilities. Well, maybe three. First possibility is in 47 years, the crucial institutional memory of the original Soviet space program has been lost. So the current generation, particularly if, uh, you know, the uh, powers that be in the Politburo made what's really know on the moon a deep 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 state secret and the current guys are not in on the secret and they assume like everybody else that the moon is just a you know a 2160 mile diameter ball of rock and dust and craters exposed to to space so it should be duck soup to land well if they were of that naive character based on the Soviet security around this issue, then maybe they were dumb and they built their spacecraft without knowing what was waiting for them. And they, in fact, in their attempts to land, uh, they crashed. And they've given out a kind of a cover story because they realize suddenly, oh my, so that's the big secret. And they want to get on top of it first, assuming, of course, that nobody else knows what We know, I mean, if they're listening to our show, of course they know what's there and they have the means to follow up. So that's the first and second model. The first model is they just uh, were dumb. The corollary is the second idea, which is no, they're smart, but what they've done is created a false trail. In other words, they're claiming they lost their mission if they didn't really and they land on schedule, they will get vital in situ data on the region of the moon that has never been explored because their mission has gone dark, uh, kind of like, member Mars Observer? Um, they won't have to share it with anybody. Yeah, they've taken a small propaganda hit. But hell, look at what's going on with the war. Putin and Russia as, a, as an institution can't sink much lower. So the fact that they didn't beat the Indians, it's like in the longer term, the bigger picture, if they gain priceless knowledge of a dome with thickening at the poles around the moon and the resources that they were going to be using from the spacecraft to explore those, including uh, a year long um, duration. The Indian mission is only supposed to last like two weeks even though it does have a little rover. The Russians were supposed to last over a year and maybe they decided politically that it would be better to just claim that they lost it when there's no one that can check except maybe for the you know intelligence agencies with big antennas uh, of the United States, which of course, if they're keeping the same secret They're not going to blow the whistle on the Russians because that will be part of a back-channel, high-leverage discussion. Anyway, all these scenarios are up in the air tonight. All we know for a fact is the Russians formally announced that their mission crashed. And uh, on the surface, anyway, it makes them uh, look less than I'm sure that a lot of Russians and a lot of Russian politicians would like to look tonight. So that's probably unless we have you know, members of the panel that want to add things or Ron wants to add to his uh, model, which is the one I just laid out, but it's basically just a weird cover story. Uh, we will move on. By the way, for folks new to the show, when you want to find where these items are, you go to the banner of tonight's show, which is basically Oppenheimer Part Two. Click on that; that will take you to the guest page. Under the guest page, you'll see a line that says in white lettering, fast links to items, click on my name. That will take you to my section of Radio with Pictures. And as the evening progresses and other people call on their stuff, you'll do the same thing. You'll click on Barbara's name or Robert's name or David's name, et cetera, et cetera. So my item number three. Um, this is very interesting because I want to spend some time top of tonight's show discussing Maui. Maui is weird. None of it makes sense. And the problem is that in an environment where no stories make sense, people tend to go for the most sensational and in this era, the most conspiratorial. So of course, the standard model is that a wildfire during 80 mile an hour winds from a distant hurricane fueled by a high to the northeast of uh, Hawaii, uh, led to a super firestorm that basically destroyed Lahaina and the uh, nearby environs. Now, that's the standard story. Oh, what, what caused the fires? Well, down power lines. You mix high voltage and ratty infrastructure, he said, living in New Mexico, and high winds, and you get power lines down. Well, California has learned that under those sets of conditions, you turn off the power. You give people warning, you turn off the power, uh, there's no high voltage, no sparks, no grass fires fanned by, you know, extraordinary winds, which, I mean, I, I saw a statement of yesterday or last evening, whatever, that the embers, which are the Blowing things that spread the fire. It isn't a wall of fire that moves forward. It's embers blown far ahead of where the main fire is. And in this case because of the winds and the lofting capability of 80 mile an hour winds, which you can see on a lot of the um, smartphone videos being posted on you know Facebook and TikTok and YouTube and whatever because the winds really were blowing that afternoon and evening, they can loft two by fours burning two by fours over a mile. Literally two by four kept aloft by the wind. So we're not talking little grass embers or, you know, uh, pine cone to catch on fire and blow away. We're talking about houses destroyed by flames. The wind picks up the, burning embers from the house, which can include big chunks, bigger than your fist, and blow them miles away ahead of the wind to start more fires. So, item number three, there is a house, which is in the picture, just click on it, it gets bigger, which looks in the middle of the Lahaina destruction, reminding everybody of Hiroshima. There's this pristine house standing all by itself, utterly untouched. And of course, people have fastened on this and they've used it as the linchpin of the most outrageous conspiracy theory of Lahaina and the fires of all, which is that the west coast of Maui was destroyed by directed energy weapons from orbit by baddies deep state is seems to be the preferred you know bad guys and they're doing it to basically destroy people's property um in native inhabitants hawaiians who own property so the developers can move in and buy up the land you know for pennies on the dollar and then remake the entire west coast of maui into a tourist haven for high-priced tourists coming from the mainland and from japan and all over the world. That's the first level of the conspiracy theory, that somehow you've got a deep state connected to heavy, heavy economic interests who want to simply drive out the locals and replace them with super high priced real estate. And they're trying to carry out the next phase, which is to go to desperate people who've lost everything and offer them money, you know, cash in hand. Or pennies on the dollar for what their land is actually worth Uh, there are a variety of other conspiracy theories that get weirder and weirder and weirder so this the story of this house I thought was incredibly useful as a means not only of knocking down one conspiracy theory but showing how you do it the thinking process the rationale The research, the actually digging into the story to see if, sorry, if it holds water. So that's why item number three is up there. And the real story of how this house survived, frankly, is as interesting as it being non-targeted because somehow the owners are part of a deep secret underground cult that uh, called for the directed energy weapons not to be aimed at that particular piece of real estate I mean everything everywhere all at once so without further ado it's about 20 after the hour let me introduce our panel for tonight because uh, it's going to be very important we've got um, David Cerritas with us David has an incredibly eclectic background he's actually been making technology based on hyperdimensional physics for years He's produced radio shows, television shows, documentaries. He's been all over uh, as many shows as I've been on and probably more. He's been on CNN and on Fox and History. and um, He was actually involved in the uh, old Peter Jennings UFO special back in 2005. He's written several books, such as Evidence, The Case for NASA UFOs, Singularity, Differentials, Face-to-Face with Jesus Christ, and jointly with his uh, wife, who unfortunately is no longer with us, Mona Lisa's little secret and God's great pyramids. So let me bring David on and welcome you back to The Other Side of Midnight. We've got to stop meeting like this because we it's been an age since we talked. Like what, seven days?
1: <laughs> well, it was getting so interesting last week where we were going with Oppenheimer. And when you see... The- As you're talking, all these coincidences, I mean, I I see them as coincidences instead of coincidences, (laughs) meaning it's not, this isn't random. Like we've got the hurricane, we've got the Maui fires, which lined up with the anniversary of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And we had the fires above my house on the same two dates, the 8th and the 9th. Are when Lahaina burned of August, which again the, the ninth is the bombing of Nagasaki in 1945, and you know we we've, we've got the hurricane now, and we it's just all this stuff is coming down the pipe exactly at the same time, and
0: everything everywhere all at once. It,
1: it, it looks designed. It looks so coincident.
0: Or or or, and this is why I wanted Georgia with us tonight. We could be dealing with an incredible set of resonance convergences in the physics because both of our dear ones, your crystal and my Robin, from somewhere beyond the glass, from some other dimension, for me, four and a half years, for you, you know, a lot less, have been communicating the cruciality, the importance, the undergirding of everything of this physics. So I do not want to attribute to the hand of men uh, or the closest relatives thereof, that which is part of a higher level set of synchronistic resonances, which are coinciding with the fact that in the model, the physics on Earth is peaking. And it wasn't 2012, it was 2016, and it's not a sharp spike, it's a window of time when... Things converge as part of the background of the vibrational realities in which we are immersed.
1: Well, see, we have—I mean, this this is going to get way out there, but the, the Fermi. <laughs> well, tell you what, Before
0: we get way out there, let me introduce other folks. Uh, Robert Morningstar is with us. Robert is our uh, civilian intelligence analyst, an investigative journalist. He does his own shows, of course. Um, he also is a is a, a degree in psychotherapist and he lives in one of the most interesting places on the planet, which is, of course, New York City. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff. He's a pilot. He's into photo interpretation. He's a graduate of the Power of Memorial Academy. He went to Fordham. He was part of a Navy research project to develop A.I. itself. And, and Robert, when we have the A.I. show, which I'm quietly working on, obviously, I want you to be a part of that. And there's all kinds of other stuff, and you can go to everybody's uh, bios by simply clicking on the Fast Links to Bios, which is under the banner on the guest page. So, Robert, are you with us? Mr. Morningstar, are you there? Um, Unmuting might help. I hope, I hope.
2: Um, Richard, he emailed that he wouldn't be here.
0: Oh. That's bizarre. Didn't tell me.
2: No, he emailed you and the rest of us. I did
0: not not see it because I've had spotty internet. Anyway, all right. Well, Barbara, funny you should speak up. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Barbara, again, has a resume which goes on and on and on. The most important thing is that she uh, has the one and only degree in parapsychology from JFK University in Northern California. She was a White House policy analyst under the Reagan administration. Uh, She was involved heavily in the director of the Attorney General's Law Review for the Department of Justice and uh, has been a uh, senior military affairs journalist at the Naval Postgraduate School and, of course, is heavily involved in the search for what really happened on 9-11, being the uh, chairman of the board now and investigative researcher of the Lawyers' Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. And there's so much more, but you can go to everyone's web uh, bios up the other side of Midnight and read all about that. So, Barbara, we're talking about Maui. Give me your thoughts about Maui.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Can I ask a question? Are we going to do Oppenheimer at all tonight?
0: Of course, of course. Oh, good. Yeah, no, no, no. This This is actually an important segue.
2: Okay, very good. No, I agree with you. When I first saw the aerial photographs of Maui, my first thought was Hiroshima Nagasaki.
0: Yeah. My very
2: first thoughts, And the timing is not a coincidence in my mind. And um, uh, I think of it as my very first thought was, oh, okay. Uh, So 9-11 was the new Pearl Harbor. That was the beginning of World War II for the United States. What was the end of World War II? Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yep. So if 9-11, which was an inside job, a deep state inside job, yes it was, um, was the new Pearl Harbor, then Maui sure as heck looked like the new
0: Hiroshima to me. The thing that got me very weirded out about Maui was, first of all, where it is. 19.5. Air. By the way,
2: I'm going to add, new Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor was in Hawaii also,
0: wasn't it? Yes, of course. Just south of Maui on the Big right. Island. Right. So, so, you know, if, if someone is looking to bookend something coming, um, the first thing I noticed was, of course, 19.5. Anytime anything occurs connected to that, I'm very attuned because that's the kind of code key to this whole physics that we have had suppressed, that we're not supposed to know about. That One of my inside sources uh, in the um, uh, Secret Service some years ago said that American presidents would rather lose a major American city to nuclear terrorism than give up the secrets of the physics. So if that's your mindset, and we can question, of course, why one would do that, uh, then everything kind of falls out of that, of that suppression of basically the foundations of our real reality. Because we're not living... Well, most no,
2: I, I, have, I have to say, having been the senior military affairs journalist for, for the Navy at the Naval Postgraduate School, which is... DOD called that the premier science, technology, and national security affairs graduate research university of the entire Department of Defense. For 16 years, I was the senior military affairs journalist, and believe me, I experienced the mentality of people in the military, especially the top decision makers, because I interviewed them dozens and dozens over those years. And one of the things that is very clear is that they are in the business of sacrificing lives.
0: That's what they do for a living. Okay, hang on, hang on. We're at the bottom of the hour. We'll pick this up as soon as we
2: clause, Please, one clause. Churchill sacrificed Coventry
0: in order to save the secret. Yes. The so there is precedent. Yes. Known historical precedent. Yes. Okay. You're on the other side of midnight. My guests tonight, too numerous to mention. Some who are a little late joining us, and we'll add those as uh, time goes on. Yeah, we're kind of segueing into the Oppenheimer part two. Because via the physics, the two, in fact, Maui and Oppenheimer and the Trinity test here in 45 and Hiroshima and Nagasaki, in fact, are all connected, if some of this theory turns out to be correct. We shall return right after this break.
4: Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership cost $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcaster to provide you with the most interesting conversation available. Thought radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight dot com,
0: and welcome back, everyone, on this Sunday night. August 20th, 2023, lots of twos in there. Uh, Our topic tonight is basically part two of our Oppenheimer discussion, Ray. The the people, the men and women who developed the bomb, the testing here in New Mexico without warning the uh, citizenry that dire things could happen in terms of radiation, which of course is consistent, totally consistent with what Barbara said just before the break. Um, let me, let me, uh, back up just a second. Um, do we have Ron available? Is Ron Gerbron with us? Okay. Let me go look at my thing here. Okay. Eh, I do not see Ron. So we can try to get Ron again. He's in Southern California, <clears throat> east of uh, San Diego, Northeast, actually. And, uh, he may, he said the phones were going in and out, and they did not norm do what they normally do during emergencies, where every cell phone can attach itself to any tower that there's a signal, because the companies, of course, keep their towers normally separate so that you pay this company and don't pay that company. But in emergencies, they're supposed to make it all available, and apparently, for some reason, they haven't. So uh, Ron has not joined us. So let let us go back to Barbara. Uh, I want to pick up on the Churchill thing because there are a lot of people that don't realize that the whole military mindset is basically based around the concept triage, whereas the the excuse for Coventry, which was going to be bombed by the Germans and apparently British intelligence through uh, uh, the breaking of the code figured out that Coventry was going to happen. And there were thousands and thousands of people that would be under German bombers. And the decision was, do we warn them um, through what was well called, I think, chain link home, or do we just let them be sitting ducks? And the decision was made by, by Churchill and his uh, you know, staff and, and advisors to basically let the, the bombing go on so the Germans wouldn't have a heads up that now the British and the Allies could eavesdrop on their plans. Um, If you're in an all-out war with basically the fate of humanity at stake, freedom versus fascism, what is the moral decision? In other words, there's that line in Star Trek and one of them, you know, the greater good for the greater number. If you had been in that position, Barbara, what decision would you have made or would I make if we knew all the parameters?
2: Oh, well. I haven't run for president yet. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but if you're a senior policy advisor, you kind of get used to thinking along those lines.
2: No, seriously. No, I have thought about it. And I've read many, many, many uh, historical books about it. And the bottom line answer is, it is my informed opinion that if we knew what Churchill knew, if I knew what Churchill knew, I would have made the same decision. Um, I've read a number of books. I think, I can't remember the name. Um, one of the very top military people under Churchill wrote in, wrote two very, very important books. And I'll try to find them during the break and see if I can mention them on this show. Otherwise, I'll send it to Keith to add to, to my items for tonight's show. Um, but the bottom line of his two books was that... If they hadn't done that um, and the, the Nazis had learned that their code had been broken, that their – I think it's called the Purple Machines had been broken.
0: Well, this was the, the so-called – The in-
2: Machines had been broken, um, that, that, that uh, the Nazis may well have won the war.
0: And then where would we be?
2: Well, that's the alternative history,
0: isn't it? Yeah. Well, you're looking at death camps. You're looking at, you know, uh, deliberate murder of millions of people, like you know, the Jews were singled out. An unparalleled runway of horror compared to a sacrifice for a great. In other words, it, these are not stupid, simple moral decisions. They're incred- no, they're, they're incredibly weighty. And people who say airily, "Well, I would have done so and so." You they, don't.
2: You absolutely don't know. No, no, you don't. Unless you are in the moment, with as full knowledge as you can, and it's never in the fog of war. It's never complete, uh, and you have to make a call because you have to act quickly.
0: Yeah. So anyway, I have felt for a long time, even before my source told me that, you know, our guys would give up a city to nukes as opposed to revealing this uh, technology. But absolutely. This, but this technology runs everything. The physics runs everything up to including life and consciousness itself and which dimension we're in and if we're trapped or not trapped. In other words, it's it's the whole ball game. So if at the end of the war, the breakaways basically made a deal with the West, you know, you stay on Earth, you rule Earth, we'll take everything out there. And the one proviso was, You may not ever share the secret of this physics and this liberation and this capability within the foreseeable lifetime of people on Earth, and we'll just leave you alone.
2: Well, that seems to be changing, though. There seems to have been a a decision to reveal a heck of a lot more.
0: Well, the decision may not be in human or human consciousness' hands. Can consciousness have hands? No, no, no.
2: I'm, I'm talking about the congressional hearings.
0: Right, talking- right. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm totally agreed. I'm just saying what may not have been part of that calculation or that ultimatum is as the physics has been changing, conscious people have separately figured this out without it being revealed, without sources. And given the diffusion of information... And the independent capability of replicating with all kinds of you know commercial technology, look at what they 're going to be able to do with the moon with this new telescope uh, for smartphones coming out of France. It may be that that operative ultimatum is no longer enforceable at a top down level, in which case higher level um, Im- Im- kind of impulse decision-making is impressed
2: mm-hmm.
0: so i'm looking at maui and i'm looking at the um
2: yeah uh, i have a comment to make also.
0: oh all right, Well, make it before i do mine go ahead
2: well um in response to your question um i think it's important for people to realize i want to give just a, a brief big picture here what i learned when all those years in
0: the in the navy we got three hours you don't have to be brief
2: yeah, well we've got other guests too as I always say um, but uh, one of the things that's very clear to me from all of my historical research in fact I'm basically a military historian that's what I do um, I'm a citizen military historian like uh, Robert Morningstar who unfortunately can't be with us tonight he emailed you and everyone on the, who was on the show roster for tonight saying that he simply needed to rest he's been doing too much Um So so anyway, the, the big picture that I want people to realize is that the military mindset, the higher up you go, the military mindset, you don't become an officer in war unless you're willing to sacrifice your soldiers, your airmen. You don't want to. But you have to be willing Well you to have yourself.
0: to be willing to do what they call acceptable losses, which is a term okay. I've never gotten are, are, used to
2: Yeah but let me get to my point. everybody knows that about the officer corps being willing without question to obey orders to sacrifice uh, members of the military. what has changed what has changed since the 9/11? is that this same mentality and the same deep state military intelligence actors decided that 3,000 people killed on 9-11, innocent civilians, were acceptable losses. They were sacrificed. They were sacrificed. To, to, hang on, hang on. To Barbara, like
0: Barbara to what end? What was the goal? What was well, the objective?
2: It's obvious. We've had many programs on 9-11.
0: Well, it's so, obvious.
2: They had to, they had to get us into war in Afghanistan and then Iraq.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
2: That was the pretext, okay, so people need to understand. I want to give you another example about the mentality of the officer corps in the military, and that is many people don't know this. It's rather shocking, but it's not shocking at all from the military mentality. It's just we're not like them, okay. But when you realize the way they think, then everything starts to make sense. So another burning example that I like to use is in the, in the practices for the D-Day invasion, uh, which were done on the shores of, uh, of Britain itself. Churchill gave the order to his military commanders, to his generals, uh, his admirals, etc., to use live ammunition, to use live ammunition. And many, many, many men were killed in the practice runs for D-Day.
0: So it was really driven home, keep your damn head down. <laughs> well, that's why you would use live ammo in a in a, yeah. in a trial, in a test.
2: It's just I- you need to understand that the deep state will sacrifice you. For their goals, it doesn't matter anymore after 9/11 if you're a civilian, and that's the link to Maui.
0: I would agree. So let me go back to kind of constructing my my scenario here for why I'm I'm tending toward the conspiratorial view, even though you can interpret the events in Hawaii as tragic, horrible, benign, and absurd. They're
2: that. They're that also. Say again they're that also tragic and horrible.
0: Yeah. But it, it's tragic and horrible if it happened just because of wind and wildfire and stupidity on the part of, you know, the Hawaiian power company. But if it has a deeper level, see this is what got me. First of all, it was the location, 19.5. The second part, and that you have to actually go to my section of radio with pictures to to see what I'm talking about. Look at my item number 12. Okay, Barbara, can you do that?
2: Um it's going to take me a minute to get into No problem, it. So no problem. problem. Keep talking.
0: Um this I actually made this graphic up because it's come out of the hearings, the UFO UAP hearings front and center during the hearings that afternoon, uh from a first-hand witness who was this uh Navy pilot, uh Ryan uh, Graves, I think. Uh, who said that his people, his pilots, um, were repeatedly, over years now, when they try to enter their training range off the East Coast, off Virginia, the planes, the, you know, 18s, 16s, whatever, kept encountering these clear, transparent spheres in which there was a dark cube. So I put together a graphic showing that a cube is in fact two interlocked tetrahedra and two interlocked tetrahedra in a sphere. If the sphere represents a planet, predicts events, upwelling energy events like Hawaii itself at 19.5 degrees north and in other systems south as well simultaneously like on the sun. And when you look at the cube and sphere model, the latest, and that's the bottom bar in my graphic, the latest seismic data from some really perspicacious researchers using ultra-sensitive modern state-of-the-art seismic technology that was basically developed uh, to, to detect nuclear weapons detonated as part of tests during the nuclear test bound treaty and afterwards, they've discovered that the core of the earth is not a sphere, but it behaves like a cube, like two interlocked tetrahedra. So you've got a physics which drives the solar system and drives a galaxy of stars and a universe of galaxies And it, in fact, is as personal and up close as the core of the planet that we live on. And then it is being offered to us repeatedly over years as a passive demonstration, a very uh, prime directive kind of way of telling us the truth without telling us the truth, as if there are laws of not trespassing and saying in plain English, this is what determines Everything, but by repeatedly showing our Navy pilots literally in one of the war zone test area just off the nation's capital, um, it seems that someone was trying to tell us, if you figure this out, it is the secret of everything, and they haven't broken the letter of whatever prime directive law they're operating under. Now, <clears throat> this has several major implications one is enemies don't do this you don't give away the keys to the kingdom however symbolically if you're trying to destroy humankind so whoever is doing this whatever uaps ufos extraterrestrial civilization whatever they're trying to be helpful but staying on the right side of the law i mean these are speculations but the very weird thing is When I looked at the latitude where these appearances have been made repeatedly, you have redundancy. Remember, messages to be messages have to be redundant. You have to get them sent or receive them in more than one way. Well, what's the second way besides the obvious, you know, cube and a sphere? Well, the second way is where they've been appearing because they've been appearing literally at the entrance point uh, to where the Navy and the Air Force conduct these, these uh, you know, live fire drills off the east coast of Virginia and uh, Maryland. And literally, they're within a whisker of twice 19.47 on a geocentric latitude scale, which is a scale measured from the center of the Earth. In other words, it takes into account the mass of the Earth, because mass is important in all these hyperdimensional uh, modelings and equations. So it's redundant. They're showing us the physics in a geometric form. They're doing it over years. Like, boy, these guys are really dumb. How long does it take them to get it? Meaning us, the Navy, the military. And they're doing it at twice 19.47 on a geocentric uh, uh, latitude scale. How much more obvious can it be that this is the keys to everything, including how nuclear weapons really work.
2: Okay, I think we should bring in some other folks, huh?
0: Well, I'm trying to. Um obviously Robert can't join us. David is with us. David, am, am, am I on track to something here or am I whistling up the wrong tree?
1: No, no, you're 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 on to something. It it, it is I mean, one of the things, and and then I will
0: I, and then I will segue back to to Maui. I don't want to lose that train of thought. But go ahead. Yeah,
1: because both with the UFO phenomenon and phenomenon meaning, you know, massive events on the Earth that were mapped by the Princeton Global Consciousness Project, Roger Nelson, and his um, eggs, his random event generator eggs, and then when we look at where UFOs come in and out of our dimension. You look at the detonation of the atomic bomb at Trinity site and the intense gamma rays associated with that and the antimatter that would be produced by those gamma rays probably, in my theoretical physics model, opened an interdimensional portal which would explain why We now have a case of UFOs and ETs spotted right after the blast at near ground zero. And we also see the Roswell planes of St. Augustine and Aztec UFO crashes on all sides of Trinity. Now there's another phenomenon that the Fermi Gamma Ray Space Telescope has been spotting. terrestrial gamma ray flashes associated with dark lightning that produce gamma rays strong enough to make antimatter and this antimatter again is so powerful incredibly powerful that it opens the gateway to what I call the anti we talked about this in the last show the anti Universe where there are antimatter people and there are antimatter planets and antimatter um, solar systems and galaxies. Because, and an
2: antichrist maybe. Hmm?
1: Right. Well, when I say anti, I don't mean it in that way. I I mean it in what Richard Feynman said, and this this gets into Gary Nolan's last film, The Tenant. If you haven't seen The Tenant, you've got to. Do see you
0: mean Tenet Richard Feynman?
1: Richard Feynman yeah. says that. The, the anti-electron, which is the positron, which is generated by these gamma-ray flashes, which happen um, as a consequence of dark lightning, may be what, what Feynman says is relative to us, time is going backwards to the positron, for the positron. And these positrons are generated. In fact, Fermi Gamma-ray Space Telescope has a whole map of where these flashes occur, I actually put it in the chat. I was kind of hoping Keith might be able to put those up. There's actually a map there if you look in the chat, and you click on my. Oh, last
0: that's that image. little uh, the uh, Mercator projection.
1: Right. So th- that's that's a model of where these are occurring in, in in a random. You could call it random. So let's just say this idea that. Um, gamma ray flashes on the Earth are random. And one thing about randomness, if you understand randomness in physics, is it's very sophisticated order, as Maglitz told me personally. And Feynman, in his work on the strange theory of light and matter, also found the same thing, that there was no mathematical model that could quantify a repeatable and reliable pattern for the way light or photons, which therefore would include gamma rays, would behave. But yet there is. But yet there isn't. Because it appears that the way these gamma ray, what we call a gamma ray bursts on Earth from dark lightning, um, behave like... Wait, wait, wait. What, what do you phone. mean by dark lightning? Well, it's, it's, it's if you Google it, it's called dark lightning, which produces... Dark lightning produces what are called terrestrial gamma-ray flashes on the Earth, which then generate antimatter that exists for a fraction of a second because it it needs... Well, wait a
0: Lightning, as we understand it, is a uh, high-voltage electron discharge between two areas in the atmosphere that have different potentials.
1: Right, but not all lightning produces what you called... um, terrestrial gamma-ray flashes. Some lightning that is called dark lightning produces terrestrial
0: gamma-ray so flashes. So maybe it's not lightning. Well,
1: that's what I mean.
0: Okay, it's, it's, let me interrupt here. I you'll just...
1: see how this ties into Maui, because you'll see how this Yeah, well,
0: into... uh, let me give you another connector. Because let me give you another connector. Maui
1: is allegedly an electrical disturbance, and power lines, if they're... Because they're conductors. They're like antennas running... You know, parallel to the Earth's surface, were in the presence of one of these gamma ray flashes, they would overload and they would discharge, and you could start a fire. Now,
0: well, the normal way that high high is, high voltage lines start fires is they break under wind, they fall to the ground, they arc, they spark, because the voltage is like a hundred. But we
1: don't know that yet in Maui. We yes, we yes, we do.
0: Yes, we do. We got video well, of the,
1: the, the fire chief. The fire chief hasn't shown that the point where the fire actually started yet nobody has shown us yes we have power lines that fell over while the fire was burning but do we know the first spark that started the first and
0: and will we ever know because unless you're doing live satellite reconnaissance you're not going to see until afterwards when the fire is really going where it originated but i do know there is youtube video people shot out their front doors of the winds I mean, 80 miles an hour is is hurricane, you know, Cat One strength that brought down power I lines, and and this one guy videoed the power lines sparking and
1: starting fire. I saw that. I saw that. do we know? Do we know that's the first fire? That that's what I want to know. Nope. and and you... the
0: question is, can we ever know? All right, so that's, that that is that is part. Well, maybe the military, the recon guys, the geospatial. Center, you know the folks that are monitoring, you know, not a sparrow falls, but NORAD doesn't know where it fly kind of thing, but are they going to tell us? Hey, we're at the top of the hour. I just have a major piece of news to leave everybody with. I just looked up because I would never looked up this before. It turns out that Trinity, south of me here in the Landman enchantment in New Mexico tonight, took place geocentrically, literally 33 degrees which of course is a hyperdimensional latitude. It's part of the whole 19.5 equation. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We'll continue with this creeping narration of how these separate, disparate, apparently totally isolated events, in fact at some level, and not too far down anymore, are connected. We shall return.
5: Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. TheOtherSideOfMidnight.com
0: Welcome back, everyone, on this Sunday night, August 20th of 2023. We're discussing the background of the major feature film Oppenheimer, uh, produced and directed by Chris Nolan, a brilliant film, a tour de force of the personalities, the people behind the technology in the extremists of World War II between freedom and totalitarianism, between a fascist world of unmitigated horror and carnage and suppression and the way out of that particular box, which involved my coventry, horrible, hard edged decisions about who would live and who would die. So David, please continue.
1: Okay, so what I'm getting at so is and I've mapped this. When with the radar data of the UAPs on the Nimitz in 2004, um, the radar data showed the UFOs disappeared just north of Guadalupe Island, where there was a magnetic anomaly, which is the same north latitude I found. I did the Google, you know, mapping myself of the Great Pyramid of Egypt. So there are these. Points that can act as portals, just like um, Skinwalker Ranch is very close to the north latitude of, of um, Mount Olympus in Greece. Now, when you see these terrestrial gamma-ray flashes, what I'm saying is, I, I know how powerful gammas are. So when they, when they get above 2 million electron volts from these dark lightning flashes that the Fermi gamma-ray telescope maps on the Earth... During these storms, when an- antimatter is, is formed in a tiny fraction of a second and then annihilates, you have a portal. Because that's what happened when the bombs were detonated at, at Trinity Site and also in Nagasaki and Hiroshima on on August the 6th and the 9th. So you, you, when you create a portal with a gamma ray flash, the question is, how long does that portal in that spot remain effective and active? Well you get something called time dilation, which in the time dilation, you see why the the crashes of the UFOs at Roswell, Plains of St. Augustine, and Aztec, New Mexico were in and around the Trinity site two years later, but but within days of July twenty second, which means that when you when you see time dilation events occur and you see
0: wait a minute how, how did July twenty second come in because the the uh, Trinity test was July sixteenth
1: July sixteenth okay so oh. I've actually heard different dates so and Roswell oh
0: no 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 July no 18th. it's the sixteenth it's
1: okay so and you have Roswell July the eighth and you have okay you have the well maybe crashes.
0: July maybe July fourth so
1: I know it's not clear. But
0: the well, that is, is not it, clear, but the Trinity test is obvious because of but, all the records.
1: I know. So it's not to the day, if you understand how time dilation works, you then you understand why is it that dude, I believe, the ga- gammas are so powerful in that they produce antimatter, and the antimatter comes from basically the anti-universe or the other side of a black hole. Which See, David,
0: I'm not convinced your antimatter model is what's going on because the Russians who've done far more work in torsion and published than the West, the CIA suppressed everything here, uh, but until Kozarev and others really got out and made a name for themselves, the KGB kind of let them alone and only in the latter years has the KGB like the CIA or the, the, the FSB, the successor, you know, Russian security service now has basically said that uh, Kozarev and the other guys are all just nuts. You know, they're just crackpots, just not real physics, trying to suppress the real physics. But what they found, what the Russians found, was that you don't need nuclear weapons to create doorways between dimensions, so that the physics is operative and there is some connecting path. All you need is to create a plasma. What is a plasma? An electrical plasma is positive and electrical charges of different, uh, um, you know, signs, positive and negative, that are disassociated, that are basically careening around in a swirling ball of gas, but not orbiting peacefully in steady-state atom, you know, configuration. It's a wild you know, free for all of incredibly energetic gyrating and rotating and processing particles. And that is probably, I think, the operative way that the lines between or the, or the doorways between dimensions are open wider. From my experience. That's what
1: lightning is. Right? Well, lightning well is yeah, plasma. because it
0: creates an intense plasma. But the gamma rays and the anti-pair production is a side effect of simply creating a lot of plasma in an instant in one location. And right. I I believe that the physics, the dimensional physics, is operating wherever plasmas are generated, including by candles, campfires, you know, incandescent, uh, not incandescent, uh, you know, neon lights, any, any mechanism that creates a, a electrical destabilization where the charges are not coupled they're not matched. They're not married. They are not. They do not create a whole neutrality. There you have a doorway. It's just the difference is there are little tiny doorways and then there are huge doorways like when you blast a nuclear weapon.
1: Right. So, if you look at Lahaina, for example, Lahaina magically sits just underneath the north latitude of the Royal Cubit, twenty point six oh one. So which is just north of it, not very far. So again these Yeah,
0: these, it's three hundredths of a percent away from nineteen point four seven.
1: Right. It's three hundred exactly. So, so it's nineteen point
0: five. Yeah.
1: What I what I'm saying, again, plasma is is lightning is plasma and they're there is there is good data that Tesla was. Yeah, be able
0: and, to and what is a raging wildfire? Plasma. Plasma. Mm-hmm. A huge amount of plasma. Right. So something deliberately wanted to create, barring using a nuke, a huge ball of plasma around the west coast of Maui at roughly nineteen point five at the center of the ancient Hawaiian kingdom. The sacred site called now Lahaina, which I do not think was an accident. Pearl Harbor
1: is close enough. It's it's all within range. It's all
0: within that banded window. It's not – remember, physics and science is approximate. It's not exact. Well,
1: see, this is what Feynman was getting into. Not only – You
0: mean mean Feynman.
1: Yeah. Feynman. Feynman one of my favorite physicists and i read his book strange theory of Light and matter is that is that 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 light and its random just like the angular momentum of the electron are conscious because they they're not me- mechanistic like a machine they they operate
0: within this randomness by the way which is if you use gamma strange. rays to create antimatter and then the antimatter instantly collides with normal matter regardless of which side of the equation you're on, because from the other side, our matter is antimatter. And then they Mm -hmm. destroy each other in a burst of of radiation, right? What does that radiation do?
1: Exactly. It creates
0: more plasma.
1: Right.
0: Disassociated atoms and, you know.
1: And that's why, like, if you listen to this guy, David Mason, with his millions of dollars of flare cams, searching for UFOs UAPs which are better cameras than pilots have on their on their fighter jets who are chasing these UFOs way better flare cams he sees gamma ray bursts upwards of 40 million electron volt charges when they come into the atmosphere you can see it i've i've interviewed the guy you you should get david mason on your show because mason is is sitting with all this data. I mean, when you see gammas, I mean, they're
0: so powerful now that that
1: little. Well, voltage,
0: you you can't see gamma radiation if you do. No, of
1: course not. If no, you do, you you're dead. <laughs> yeah,
0: no. You, so, you see you see the 3D effects of gamma radiation.
1: Did you see the map that I put in the chat there of what it looks like where all these um um gamma flashes occur on the earth as a consequence of dark lightning. They have, there's a whole map there. I'm not sure what the duration of the time period on this map is, but if you click on it, uh, we can maybe. Yeah.
0: And they appear to be about 120 degrees apart around the earth. And in the latitude band of 19.5,
6: look at the look at that,
0: look at that huge cluster in the Gulf of Mexico.
6: You know know, where, you know where
0: that is? That's exactly 120 degrees from the Great Pyramid, going west. Right. That's yeah, why. The- that's why there's a place called Poverty Point, in um, in Louisiana. Yes, Barbara.
2: Yeah, there are a few things that I learned today that I think I think should be part of this conversation. I think the plasma is essential to this. Um, <laughs> there is a, a today. I was on what is called the 9/11 War Room which is uh, 9-11, leading 9-11 researchers, activists, etc., around the world. And this happens once a week. And um, today was one of the most important we've ever had. One of the people who was participating uh, is in Hawaii. Um, luckily, wasn't in Lahaina, um, but was, I can't remember exactly where he said he, his residence is, but he experienced this. Um, perhaps up on the hill, I don't know. But in any case, uh, he's both a witness and he is incredible. Reason. So, the first thing that he revealed, which is
0: which is a major piece of the. So, book, so this individual would 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 be a an informed observer.
2: Oh, completely. Okay, not well, that.
0: there's a lot it's, of crazy folks out there. That's why it's so hard to figure this stuff out just on the internet. All-
2: not only that, his name is Kyle, Kyle Little Chief. He is a native Hawaiian.
4: Oh.
2: And um, now maybe this is what you meant a moment ago, but I didn't realize this until he said it. He said that Lahaina was the capital, the holy capital of sovereign Hawaii when uh, when the United States took
0: it over. Yes, that's what I just said.
2: <clears throat> oh, oh, yeah, that, that, so that let
0: me let me, let me me segue my now, thoughts.
2: Hold on, hold on. Let me make my point, please. You need to know these facts about what happened. Before the fire began, that – I'm not sure exactly what time the fire began, but from what he said, it must have uh, – It started uh,
0: very well, early in the morning on the 8th. They claimed yeah. to have put it out by 9 o'clock local time.
2: Okay. Well, the day before. The day before. Uh, leading up to early that AM. That would
0: be August 7th in white.
2: August y. 7th. Okay. So he said that there was the weirdest sky. Um, he said that it was as if they were in a fog. People didn't even want to go outdoors. It was an uncanny fog. Okay, that's number one. Um, he said it was not. It was definitely not what they call a vog, which is a, vulca- uh, a volcanic fog right, uh, right. from an eruption of a volcano or anything like that. They know what that's like. Uh, it wasn't a fog fog, like from the ocean. It was something else. That's number one. Number two, there were ball lightnings everywhere.
0: Really?
1: Wow. Wow. That's plasma. Yeah, of what course. We're talking, what we're talking about
0: at 19.5, give or take, because these are always windows. They're not a precise number. So yeah. let me go back to what I got interested in, because it connects exactly what Barbara just said. The target, I believe, of this deliberate catastrophe, if we go down that path, was to strike at native peoples globally, with the Hawaiians being the, you know, basically sacrificed example. And the reason, in part, may have been connected to what Biden did just the same day, you know, several thousand miles to the east, which was to consecrate sacred native people's lands around the Grand Canyon with a new national monument. Now, what were some of the key objectives of the Nazis back during World War II? To target Native peoples, people of color, people who were indigenous, anybody who wasn't a white guy, right? So if we're looking at this as a global, cultural, genetic, racial war masterminded by the breakaways, then you have to factor in something else. August 8th on the calendar is 8th month, 8th day, right? 88, right? The Lionsgate. And eight eight is the shorthand in the neo Nazi movement for Heil Hitler. Which is a shorthand
3: for Hitler himself.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well Heil Hitler is can't heil somebody who isn't there. So yeah, so this is code. So I looked at all this and even before I had the first first hand report from a friend of Kinthea's who she visited in Lahaina, you know, many, many, many months ago who reported bizarre behavior on the part of individuals. It's like the people under imminent threat, danger of death were moving like zombies. They weren't reacting normally. They weren't seemingly aware of danger. The cops weren't going up and down the street in squad cars using their loudspeakers saying, there's fire coming. There's fire coming. Get out. Get out.
3: More,
2: more, more than that, according to Kyle Littlechief, that the the people in the Heine were being blocked from leaving. Well, the that's fire.
0: separate. That, that, I'm just talking about her example of literally trying to rescue people and alert them, running up and down, you know, the streets with her car, and nobody was paying attention, even when they could see fire literally at the end of their street. It was like they were in a daze.
2: It's like they were in a trance.
0: Yes, yes. So the
1: plasma would affect
0: No, 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 not the plasma but the but the hyper dimensional torsions field weaponry used. No, for... no,
1: no, Richard.
2: Richard don't don't poo that. Plasma does affect consciousness.
0: Yeah, but it has to be of a density that you're already dead. You know, it's not no, can I'm
2: sorry. The ball lightning. I've I've interviewed people. I've I've studied ball lightning or the orbs, the plasma orbs. For years, I've interviewed people who've been in their presence. They say that it that they have this 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 instantaneous recognition or belief that it's intelligent.
0: Number one, that it is it. It's well, that will feed into what I'm going to say later on in the program. You'll see. <clears throat> I, I, I we're all on the same page, okay? So we're on the same page. Let let us not argue about specific nitpicking details, but yeah, we're on the – in other words – I want to
1: put another coincidence
0: here. Well, let me finish my last point.
1: Okay, okay. If
0: in fact Lahaina was an example done by the breakaways, the Nazis upstairs, the human family who escaped at the end of the war with all that top-secret HD technology that they were given by somebody off-world, and they basically made this treaty, you do not play in the physics realm, we keep that and the solar system and you stay on Earth, and now we are transgressing that by revealing the folks that are giving us the keys to the kingdom off Virginia, and it's now coming out in open congressional hearings, taken up by media around the world, obviously our side has broken the hypothetical deal which means it's open season, it's a free fire zone. And I think Hawaii was done as an example to the Biden administration, among others, do not allow this to continue. Now, here's what's interesting. He is going with his wife, the first lady, to Hawaii tomorrow, to Maui, physically to visit the site of the disaster. But when he was asked weeks ago, right the day after, He had nothing to say. His press secretary literally had no comment. And normally Biden, you know, is generous with his, you know, sympathy and consolation of victims and all that. There was nothing coming out of the White House on this. And when there had been calls now in view of the drastic local political uh, breakdown of all early warning systems, the sirens were not sounded, cell phone alerts were not sent. Police kept people in Mahina. They blocked the roads, et cetera. All that crap. The Biden administration has decided not to open a federal investigation, but to keep it local, which, of course, in my conspiratorial mind says, if you keep it local, it will get forgotten. It will get swept under the rug. It's only if it was national, international, and at a federal level that people, the media would continue to pay attention. I mean, look at the Trump trials. If they uh, were just- by the
3: way, um
2: uh Kyle littlechief also said today that um that uh, uh what what would be the word um you know supplies of food and medical supplies uh they're not being allowed to the people, and the excuse this is the claim um the excuse or the pretext is that um that Hawaii, presumably all of Hawaii, that Hawaii is not part of, has not agreed to be part of FEMA and the Department of Homeland Security. What? I don't know. That's what he
0: said. That's crappy. See, yeah. I see this as part of the continuing deliberate sacrifice of lives by minions that are basically under some kind of mind control.
2: Well, I don't think they have to be under mind control. They could just be under a military mentality. Don't forget, in in the first part of this Oppenheimer series, which was on the 12th, this is now the 20th, so that was eight days ago, um, in part one of our Oppenheimer uh, shows, this is part two, um, my entire hour and 10 or 15 minutes was all about the fact that uh, not only Oppenheimer and Edward Teller and Arthur Compton and then all the way up to President Truman himself, they were all told, based upon Teller's calculation, before the Trinity A-bomb test, that they couldn't rule out that it was a non-zero probability that the detonation at Trinity of the A-bomb wouldn't ignite the entire atmosphere and kill everything on the planet. And they went ahead anyway. You need to understand the plain old, Military mentality.
1: Well, not, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer orders more nuclear weapons after Nagasaki because and more bomber planes because, again, Japan's army was so fierce and they had killed between 1937 and the date of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which is the 6th and the 9th of August, 1945, they they had killed upwards of ten million people in the Asian Pacific regions. Right. So the other thing I wanna play on this is another coincidence, Richard, um Lahaina burned according to the timeline I read on the eighth and the ninth, and the ninth would be of course Nagasaki. Yep. That's the that's the date my wife died.
0: Right. August Oh my 9th. God, that's right. That is Which right.
1: is and guess what? Right above our house on august 7th lightning which again is plasma and if it's strong enough it can produce antimatter it produced a huge fire right above our house and i for some reason woke up in the middle of the night couldn't sleep and i see this orange glow up on the mountain and i realize that's a freaking fire and it's close to the house i mean i live on two acres against the, this huge um, mountain called the Kokanee Glacier. So I called the fire in and I had to call it in three times and said, you better get water bombers up there. Well, guess what happens? The fire is getting huge. And again, it's, it coincides with Maui because the next day is the eighth and, and on the ninth we, which is the date of my wife's um, passing, we got massive rain. I mean, massive rain came out of nowhere and put the fire out with you know the guys who were working on it with the water bombers you know the men and the women who were fighting it so again it's for me it's personal that date because that's the date my wife died is the day Lahaina was burning and when again when you see all these coincidences lining up there must be something some well some there is a pattern
0: there's obviously a pattern the question is is it on our side of the mirror or is it from higher dimensions. It can, right. it can be both. It can be, it can be well, both. Well, you, can, yeah, you right. can have our guys trying to imitate, you know, the kind of uh, monkey see, monkey do. If this is the route to power, this is what we go. On. I, I, I want to uh, go back to something Barbara just said, that the military mindset does not really shrink from sacrificing people. In this case, I don't think it's military mindset. I think it's cult uh, behavior. And I'll tell you why. Because we've now found out that cops all over the country, some of them are part of these neo-Nazi belief systems and cults and organizations and institutions and social fabrics. And we wonder, everybody else wondered, I think I know why, the uh, hundreds of cops stood around and let all those children be sacrificed in Valde, Texas. And I think it was deliberate. Because those children those children uh-huh. were meant to be sacrificed, like the nine eleven was a well, sacri-
1: was a sacrifice.
0: Now, and I think Lahaina was a sacrifice all by the same mindset driven by this fascist um cult which is in being impelled again by a higher dimensional evil provocation.
3: Richard, well the are with
2: saying- that is that is that according to Kyle Littlechief, that the large corporate-owned buildings, they're surrounded by destroyed buildings, ash, and they're perfectly fine.
0: Well, because the largest... That's why I put up that story about the house in the middle of chaos, because if you build correctly, even in a wildfire, your, your, your residence, your corporate structure will survive. And we'll they're...
2: Fight, sir. Pfizer's building was not touched.
0: Yeah, but what's it made of? You got to get into the specs and the architecture and the you know construction and the masonry and the steel. In other words, you can't make a blanket statement. Most corporate structures are impermeous, Im- impermeable to normal random tragedies, except earthquakes. Whereas, well, what
2: about the trees? What about the trees?
0: Well, um, I well I know I know fire. that fires can be incredibly um capricious and sporadic i have seen forest fires in north carolina when i would go visit my parents there'd be entire mountains destroyed by forest fires and these patches of green in the middle where the confluence of air currents and all that well, say we're not
2: talking about that you're not being conspiratorial enough i'm afraid i mean when you when you carefully look at those aerial photographs
0: because i don't you, think you, i do you, not think
2: let me finish the sentence, please. When you look at those aerial photographs and you see, you see one, one uh, residence, the house, very residential plot, is completely destroyed and the trees around it are fine.
0: Well, you'd have to do a lot of digging to find out who owned the house, why was it targeted, et cetera, et cetera, and why the trees were unaffected. Um, and again, since you don't...
2: Also, it also happened in the Northern California Yeah, the Fire whole about-
0: the, the Paradise Fire. Yes, I'm familiar with yep. all that. I want to, and we're now literally at the bottom of the hour, so I can't finish my thought. So we will come back to all this. Uh, you're on the other side of midnight with my squeaky chair. <laughs> uh, and you're literally just listening to a real-time live discussion where... We do not have enough data yet to come to a conclusive conclusion. So part of tonight's discussion is going to be, how do we put the dots together to where they make a prediction? The science is nothing if it's not prediction. If you're basically proposing an extraordinary, outrageous idea that Lahaina was targeted and it was part of a lineal targeting using HD physics like the bomb was, then you need more data before you can reach any even even tentative conclusions based on the idea that extraordinary evidence, you know, is required to make certain and extraordinary claim. Um, I just know that, you know, natural disasters are incredibly capricious and things that look not logical. In fact, if you get enough information, like with that house sitting on the edge of the uh, uh, waterfront there in Lahaina, Nothing magical, nothing mysterious about it. It just was well rebuilt so that it would survive when everything around it was destroyed. And the article is very useful for knowing how to understand the clues were being given. I've never been told before that I was not conspiratorial enough. We shall return. on this Sunday night, August 20th. My guests tonight are uh, David Sarita and Barbara Honiger. Robert is uh, taking a well-deserved rest, Robert Star, who uh, frankly has done an awful lot of stuff in the last week. I've seen him popping up here and there and whatever. I'm hoping that Ron Gerbron will be able to join us, but of course uh, the um, tropical storm Hillary is uh, including some people that we were going to have on from Southern California, um, such as Georgia Lambert, who, uh, uh, unless something changes, is not gonna be able to be with us tonight. And we've got John Womack being very patient, and I guarantee you, John, your patience will be rewarded because when I lay foundation for what you're gonna talk about and show, you will understand why the sequence is the way it is. So who had the floor when we uh, had to depart in in the break?
1: Well, I wanted to bring up um, the fire goddess,
0: Pele. Ah.
1: I, I spent a year on Maui, a year of my life. I know that island intimately, and I used to lecture there on my the visions I had of Christ and have large gatherings. And it's a very spiritual place. And for the, the local Hawaiian people who are mostly driven out of the islands and have had literally you know, been bribed and sold their land and their properties. There's not a lot of native, true native Hawaiians left in, in that particular Island from what I know when the, what the locals have told me. And I just wonder about the myths of the goddess Pele. And it says here, Pele was torn apart by her sister, leaving her bones to form a hill on, Kanui and Maui while her spirit moved on to the island of Hawaii Pele's death resulted in her becoming a god making her home on the big island and digging her eternal fire pit in the uh, Hala Manila crater on top Kilauea's volcano and there's a lot of fire myths around her and, and
0: curses if you take
1: um, lava rocks from the island and and, yep. and, so,
0: and of course fire is plasma Fire is plasma. If plasma is the connection between dimensions, which I'm going to talk at some length about in a, in a few minutes, then all of these mysteries kind of begin to converge very elegantly.
1: I wonder why nobody's talking about Pele in this case being...
0: Apparently she can
1: control fire. And if people pray to her... Again, this happened so quickly, what happened there. And I know that there are true Hawaiians left in, in Maui and I've traveled to Hana Maui. In fact, one night when I was lecturing, this is, these are two important stories I'll say before we, we pass on to our, our other friend here. I was on the plane, and this huge Hawaiian guy was sitting next to me and I'm six feet tall and this guy was like twice the size of me. And he, he's a military guy. He was in, he was in the U S Navy and he's telling me stories of him and his dad, fishing off the islands and these balls of white plasma coming out of the sea. They could see them at night in their fishing boats and the sea is glowing and they go shooting out into space. Well, one night after I gave a lecture about my visions of Christ, there must have been at least 60 or 75 people there. We go outside and we look up in the sky and there's one of these plasma balls. It was moving very slow, not like a meteor or anything like that. And it was right above the house. It was golden light, and you know the Hawaiian local people have many stories about the the plasma balls, and, and that's why I'm telling you those two stories. One is personal for me, and the other one is the stories of this big Native Hawaiian guy who was in the in the U.S. Navy, you know, seeing them with his dad. So they're they're part of the spirit of the island. So Pele. Pele is real to them. She's real to them. And I would like to know from the Native people what what they're, what they're feeling in relation to Pele and this particular fire.
0: I'd like to know. Them. Yeah, That's I've heard right. no mention. I will
2: ask um, Kyle Lillich that question.
0: Yeah. Because be I've heard no mention in any of the coverage of Pele. And I'm wondering if it's because of a cultural uh, misconception that her mandate only refers to the Big Island and not the rest of the Hawaiian Islands? Well,
1: no, she was from Maui, right? Yeah, but if
0: most people don't know that and they associate it with the Big Island, that could be the reason why in all the normal coverage people are not mentioning it.
1: Well, the Big Island was burning too and Maui had two other fires burning. Yes,
0: it was but nobody lost their life on the Big Island.
1: Right, right, that's right.
0: Okay, um, I think it's time for me to introduce some data. So everybody go to item number eight in my items. If you're new to the show, the way you get there is you click on the banner, you know, the other side of midnight.com. Clicking on the banner will take you to the guest page. Uh, We're talking Oppenheimer part two. Then you click on fast links under the banner on the guest page. That will take you to my items. Scroll down to number eight. Joseph Farrell and I have been quietly researching this for years. If you click on number eight. Let me do that myself here. It gets much bigger. This is from the uh, U.S. nuclear test in the Pacific during the late, late 40s and the 1950s. And there were tests with test names. You then had devices, the weapons that were tested under the the, uh, test name, the project name. And there's a whole...
3: This is
2: about
0: the extra energy, right? The mis- the- yes, yes. Because, and we, Farrell and I have been working on this for years. You can see that the Bravo test had a device named Shrimp, which was supposed to yield. These were hydrogen bombs now, not not fission bombs, but hydrogen, where you smash hydrogen nuclei together to create a, a you know, helium and you have to have things like lithium as part of the mix to create neutrons to allow the, the, uh, the creation of higher elements and the release of enormous energy. They calculated from the best nuclear physics of the time, the same physics, by the way, that Teller was warning everybody the world might end, that they were going to get six megatons yield uh, somewhere between four and eight. And what they actually got was the, I think, second highest, uh yield of any nuclear hydrogen device that we blew up during this long test series 15 megatons so are you
1: talking about the ones in the marshall islands or what
0: yeah yeah all over the pacific
1: yeah hiroshima and nagasaki were at 20 kiloton range in that range yeah
0: yeah but the point is the point is that these were yields and there's a whole series of them there was the romeo series with runt which expected eight megatons and got eleven. There was alarm clock as part of the Union series, which expected ten megatons and got six point nine. All right. There well, was that
2: just means that their their physics is incomplete.
0: Exactly, because the excess energy is hyperdimensional. It's opening the gate between dimensions, and what the Palma figured out in his very mechanical experiments. Uh, particularly with the thing he called the spinning ball, that this energy, this information, this intrusion into our three-dimensional reality amplifies what's already going on. In other words, it adds energy to the mix. It adds, or if you do it at the wrong time, it actually takes it away because the equations are not complete even for three-dimensional thermonuclear reactions (laughs) and you can see in the second graph the so-called castle series which is at the bottom of my, my graphic the deviation for shrimp was 150% for runt in romeo was 175% for morgan stern in the coon series minus 89% in union alarm clock plus 73 to 130% for yankee in runt uh, 42% plus for Nectar.
2: Well, these percentages are all over the map.
0: Yes, because they were done at the wrong... And the thing that got me into this was reading a book called 33. Um, uh, What was the first part of it? Written by a New Zealand airline pilot. And he came to the conclusion, again, totally separately, that you could not have a global thermonuclear war because you had to be at a certain latitude and longitude in order for the damn thing to work at all.
2: At all or just, well?
0: Well, his theory was at all. My modification was to work with more or less efficiency. Because when you look at the actual nuclear physics, the mainstream physics, where the mainstream was trying to explain these incredible discrepancies, they don't work. And they paper that over because they have no better idea because even they don't know what they're really doing. That's how deeply the real physics has been suppressed. Remember, the same physics to the UAPs off the east coast of Virginia have been trying to tell us now for years. This is how the universe, your universe, too, really works. So, well,
1: Richard, if, if the antimatter which can be a weapon a half a gram of antimatter would equal the TNT equivalent of nagasaki Yeah
0: but you, you all you, right in, 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 No I'm saying if I know I understand where you're going refresh. the antimatter the antimatter would create more easy. energy the antimatter would create more energy the problem is it takes energy to create energy in three dimensions no, if we if we're in the,
1: ga- the gamma rays from the detonation would produce antimatter and could explain for the increase you're talking about
0: Yeah so but whatever. the equations would balance out In other words, the amount of energy required to create the gamma rays would be balanced by the annihilation of the antiparticles to create more energy. It wouldn't produce more. Maybe, maybe not. But that's where the hyperdimensional part comes in. You cannot have a closed system for this to be real physics. It's got to be an open system.
2: It's not closed. The
0: portal is open. We're all saying the same thing. Why do we keep doing that? I'm not Wait, disagreeing.: you
2: start, you sound like you're contradicting: I'm
0: not cont- I'm saying that these bombs demonstrated an additional source of energy at the moment of detonation, or a reduced source because the actual 3D equations are incomplete.
3: Right.
0: everybody clear. So How the next so so, so 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 the next question in my mind was, well, if energy can come through what else can come through and that's where we get to consciousness if consciousness is constantly trying to break through as robin's communications over the last four and a half years with me and crystals with david seem to strongly overwhelmingly indicate and it's cyclic because there are days when things can happen in the HD realm, and there are other days when not a damn thing can happen. That's because the physics is constantly being modulated by the, the most...
2: spherical plasma balls are experienced by human beings as conscious it, and intelligent.
0: That's where I'm going. If you create ball lightning plasmas, then a consciousness says, ah, a doorway, and bingo. It inhabits it. Mm-hmm. It's not intrinsic. It's it's opening a little window, a gate, the door. The the size of the gate depends on the energy and the amount of plasma. This is a physics. And how can... long?
1: And also, how long the gate stays open? Yeah, of course. You
0: know, of course. And
1: the time dilation factor. I mean, if you alter time because antimatter is going backwards relative to us, according to Richard, you know, Feynman, then you have. You have a possibility of alter, alternate histories occurring on the Earth with these detonations.
0: I, I have no idea what you mean by that.
1: Well, it's meaning different timelines. We're we're on. We could be opening up different timelines, and we we may branch. Okay,
0: off now it's alternate. clear. Because I've always felt well, always is not, you know, this epiphany came many many years ago, that I was living in a timeline where I was not born and the no, que- you, really? Yes. Well,
2: oh, you mean also.
0: Well, See, if, maybe also. If- I don't know. I Look, we don't know enough yet to even know how to ask the right questions because oh, it's been on. suppressed.
2: You were, born, Richard, you were born. So so I think what you what you were what you were saying was that you had an epiphany that you were also in another time. No, no,
0: no, no, no. I'm figure I'm I'm stepping sideways. Think of, think of a computer disk, all right? A computer disk is not like an LP record where it plays contiguously from beginning to end. If you look look at a hard drive, the little pickup is moving back and forth to different spots on the disk, but they're not connected. I was thinking, again, this mental model, you know, Einstein's thought experiments, that if in fact creates alternate timelines, consciousness can step from one to the other to the other. Robin well, we know and
2: they, we know it can, that's what but
0: happens. it does, it does exists simultaneously in all of them. That I do yes. not know.
2: Well, that well, that's the many worlds interpretation of quantum.
0: Yeah, but it's an in interpretation. It doesn't mean it's real. <laughs>
2: well, you're interpreting things.
0: I'm I'm proposing this in terms of my own thinking process. I do know that something happened to Robin and me and Morala in southern Arizona one night when we were. Uh, attending one of Stephen, uh, uh, what's-his-name's conferences.
3: Greer?
0: Uh, Greer, yeah. Because we literally somehow stepped between dimensions and stepped back. And I have told the story a couple, three times. You know, I don't want to bore people who've heard it before. It's long and complicated. But the bottom line was the only real explanation for what happened was we made a trip, all of us, the three of us, to another dimension and came back together. Now, did
2: all three, we... All
0: three of you together? Yeah, well, Morella and Robin and me.
2: Yeah, well, Richard,
1: that's the theory that the UFOs are moving through time. They actually move through time and that they're, they're able to exist in different timelines and even jump timelines and that we're in one timeline. If you look at the secret gospel of John, that's exactly what Jesus tells John in this post resurrection experience which is you know the 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 apocryphon of john that we were cast to the lowest region of matter itself and that's where the human race went so it's not like we were there was there was a higher universe and we were cast to a lower or, or alternate timeline universe and and that's coming from jesus himself to the to the apostle john and that sounds mythic it sounds like something that is a myth but it's not a myth because we're start- our physics is starting to be able to to reach into that realm of understanding so an atomic blast what remember here's what's interesting when oppenheimer said i have become a, a destroyer of worlds plural. Plural
3: plural plural. plural
1: plural 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 and remember how brilliant this man is as a, as a theoretical physicist do these intense gamma ray bursts during the detonations destroy other dimensions or 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 rip into other dimensions other worlds plural at the same time because i've always wondered why he said that i mean i read the he sign was
2: quoting the bhagavad gita wasn't he well
1: he's he's i don't know if that part is in the bhagavad gita i've read the whole bhagavad gita i'm not sure Again, the Bhagavad Gita looks very similar to the book of Revelation. It really does. There, There's a battle on the ground. Krishna appears in the sky in a resurrected form that's brighter than the sun at the end of the battle. And there's a judgment and a new earth period of, of history. Ah, is.
0: but there's another part of that, which is the secret sauce, the magic glue, I think, that connects all of what we've discussed. And we've only got about, uh, uh, what? Uh, uh, 10 minutes to to do this unless we mop over in the next half hour, which we will, because I want to give John an opportunity. So as I was thinking about that these nuclear devices in fact are opening huge doorways between dimensions and you could model this literally in the yields and how for bizarre reasons the yield didn't match very closely any of the predictions based on the same 3D equations that Teller was using. I got to wondering if energy is coming through, what else could be coming through? And that's when I began to think about, you know, what Robin's been showing me and what Crystal's been showing David, which is if consciousness is trying at all times from other dimensions to enter this dimension and somehow keep interacting with it, Obviously, you know, order of least uh, energy, you'd use doorways that were easier to penetrate than those that are harder. Well, as
2: I I mentioned in part one of this show, with Robert Morningstar, and we agree it's too bad he isn't here tonight, um, but um, I seriously propose the possibility, it should not be ruled out, that the Trinity test was intentionally designed to open that doorway.
0: It wasn't Boy, and, item. and and it wasn't and that's item. where that's where you're reading minds, dear. That's where I'm oh. going next. So if you go back to my items, all right, get out of eight, go back to five and six and seven and nine and ten and eleven. Um, And look at all of those sequentially, take your time, you know, obviously not during the show because you won't have time then. But what I see, and of course, people are going to say, oh, you're nuts, I see a multitude of faces, three dimensional,
1: structured,
0: bilaterally symmetric, the same kind of faces that Robin has been getting the mice to draw for me over and over and over on napkins and paper towels. I've saved them all. I'm going to photograph them as part of the record for four and a half years. And what I'm seeing-
2: you think you're using these mushroom clouds as a Rorschach test?
0: It's not, they're not Rorschach tests because Rorschach tests are, you can make a pattern in anything. These are repetitive patterns of trilaterally symmetric faces because think of think of the, the idea of consciousness. Well, give, give
2: an example of which number, for instance. You well, think it's the best.
0: I don't. Go to six. Then
1: okay.
0: then go to seven, I which are
1: faces in ten. Ten looks really like faces. Like
0: yes, it
1: reminds yes. me of Ezekiel, the faces of different beasts looking in different directions.
0: Yes, yes. The... Look at nine. Nine is avian. Oh. There are two looking like. Falcons or eagles or whatever with beaks and it's all in the bilateral symmetry and where we will resolve this because this is a scientific problem, which is resolvable. All you do is put AI on the problem. Now, AI cannot be accused, as Sagan did, of people who see faces, pareidolia um, uh, in terms of the face on Mars. All the AI algorithms we currently have do is pattern match. So all you have to do is expose them to enough big data, and then they can look at a new set of data and see if there's a pattern that matches their memory, their, their recorded archive memory of thousands of examples. When we put AI on this, you are going to see replication microsecond by microsecond as the bomb explodes. That's why number, number five is important. This is within milliseconds the explosion there's the fireball there are bilaterally symmetric faces now here's where things get really interesting in that whole discussion of the of the krishna manifesting brighter than a thousand suns and all that his manifestation was as a series of faces eyes and mouths
2: I don't see eyes and mouths and
0: numbers. Just, my... Just keep looking. Just keep looking.
6: Richard, the, these faces are all over, sculpted into the ground. All well, over
0: we're going to the... get to your work in a minute, okay? Stand, <laughs> stand by. Okay. I'm trying to produce this in a logical fashion for people who are saying he has lost it. No, go back to the graphs. We know measurably information and energy is coming from somewhere that is not modeled in any 3D calculation. Number one. we have Well, you e- wouldn't
2: expect that with antimatter coming through.
0: No, because you can't create the antimatter without using energy to create it and the equation's balance. You can't well, get
2: something.
0: I'm
3: a, not sure that. In a sense. closed
0: system, Barbara, you, know, that... you cannot get something for nothing. The only way you get it is if it's an open system between dimensions and the detonation of the bomb opens. But
2: that's the physics just on this side. Of no,
0: it isn't. It only, well, you only have to open the gate. You
1: need two MeV, you need two MeV gammas to produce antimatter. So once the gammas reach that, yeah, but the range, two
0: MeV has to come from somewhere. So in three D closed, well, yeah. think of the universe as a closed well, system. So his
1: first human nugget, Nagasaki produced two MeV, two and a half MeV. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm just gammas. saying that so. the, the, the energies of the bomb open the gate, and Allah de Palma's experiments. You add additional energy from some magic source, which is not magic. It's simply higher dimensional. This should not be controversial to us in this conversation.
1: It's amazing. Are you
2: paralleling what you call higher dimensional with antimatter or not? No,
0: no, no. The antimatter is is a specious. It's not what David thinks it is. It's the creation of plasma, because it's the plasma itself in the experiments from little small balls of lightning. To huge tokamaks
1: well that's which, what I'm saying the the dark lightning produces higher gammas and higher antimatter than even some of these yeah but where is tests.
0: the energy for the dark lightning coming from what is triggering is that, that?
1: Is right I see what you're saying I see where he's going yeah I
0: understand thank you gosh it takes a long long time sometimes by the
1: way it's my birthday Richard August 21st
0: oh my turn. gosh
1: hey. Happy birthday. Well, it's
0: it's actually in 1 minute it'll be his birthday. In 1 minute. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, literally at 1 minute we've got to go because we've got another break coming up. So let me finish this thought and then segue to John who has additional data and I've been Good. checking John's data and I think it's real. I'm going to put my, you know, foot out there and say it's real. So what we have to do is be a little more organized about what's real and what is not real. And that means we have to loosen the chains of the constrained physics that has been spoon fed us so we don't understand the bigger reality. You're on the other side of midnight. My guests, too numerous to mention. Go to the website and look them up in their Sterling bios and their backgrounds and their incredible diversity, which is all converging on unbelievable things we should be thinking seriously about if we really want to understand a multi-dimensional universe and how we're a part of it, and we've been segregated from being part of all of it in my model. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
5: Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. TheOtherSideOfMidnight.com
0: Welcome back, everyone, to The Other Side of Midnight. Now, Monday morning, August 23rd, 2023. Um, What did I say, 23rd? No, I meant the 21st. David Sarita's birthday. Happy birthday to you. We're discussing something very grave and very extraordinary all at the same time. The idea that nuclear weapons, on the large enough scale, by design, because I agree with Barbara on this and we'll get into the details in the next hour. By design, literally open gates between dimensions and not only allow measurable, extraordinary excess energy, 150%, 175% to come through to add to what's going on, they also provide a conduit, a doorway for consciousness. And how does consciousness manifest itself? How do we recognize people even in our 3D state? By their faces, what they look like. If you're an enormous amorphous blob, you know, unless there's some higher level resonance, you know, like a significator code or something, you're not gonna know who you're seeing or talking to or in contact with, but someone's face is so endemic in our consciousness as the key to recognizing identity. And what I see, if you go and look at those very limited cuz I didn't, you know, have time. Keith would have, you know, thrown me out of the studio if I had put all the different examples of all of the nuclear weapons tests where I see absolute faces. It really drives home the idea to me That, A, I'm not hallucinating, I'm not, you know, just seeing faces in clouds. And, of course, that gets into the thing is when people see faces in clouds, are they really seeing just something in their mind's eye? Or is that another version of this physics? Again, one of the weird things that got me onto this was um, Robin's car, uh, which, of course, we both drove you know, everywhere when she was still here has been sitting in the garage now for four and a half years and dust is accumulated on the windows, except it's not accumulated uniformly. There are patterns and faces and attempted artwork on the vertical windows of the car, which is a little SUV with lots of windows, big windows. And the mice can't hover and do that with their brushes and tails and whiskers. So something else, has been trying to create impressions in the dust, quietly falling year after year after year in that garage with no wind to blow it away. And this, of course, is a setup for what John's going to talk about. And then one day I went into the bathroom and I I looked behind the bathroom door where she had this tall full-length mirror just propped up against the wall And the lights were just right, and I looked at it with side lighting, and lo and behold, there is artwork in the dust of the mirror that's now four and a half years old. And it shows absolutely recognizable forms, not faces, not something you could say would be paradoia, but forms. And the forms, well, what the forms are trying to imply is something so Staggering, but I want to do uh, some more research where I talk about the details. The point is that it got me used to the idea that on a difference of timescales, 3D timescales from the microsecond of an atomic detonation to the eon long, incredibly agonizingly slow drip, drip, drip of erosion of geology on planets and everything in between like the arrangement of dust particles falling on a vertical surface consciousness beyond this dimension is constantly overwhelmingly 24 7 trying to break through that barrier that we talked about before that we see exemplified by the mirrored structures on mars and something is trying to get through Implying that something also, if it's done under the right conditions of the creation of an incredible amount of plasma, can open the gate from here to there. So is that the ultimate reason for sacrifice? Is it literally a propition of something on the other side that needs consciousness to this is where it gets weird to feed on, to somehow benefit from, which takes us to item number 14. Barbara, you'll love this one. I look. I started looking years ago at the uh, imagery and the videos of 9-11, the towers, the collapse and all that. I went back recently and I started looking carefully and lo and behold, there's one right there in 14, their faces in the roiling clouds of debris from the destruction of the World Trade Towers. So, if you only need plasma, and there was a lot of plasma generated by the destruction of the towers, if you only need plasma to create the gate, are we seeing the malevolent forces trying to come through with the creation of the sacrifice of 3,000 plus souls on this side of the barrier? These are the huge questions that I think bracket what Oppenheimer and company were really doing in the creation of the most massive uh, amount of plasma in any one location that one can conceive of in a normal three-dimensional physics. Anybody have thoughts?
3: Richard? I'm here. Can you hear me?
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Oh, okay. Um, I just want to remind people that the word Holocaust literally means burnt, sacrificial offering. Ah. And that's what happened in Hawaii, is what happened in
0: Hiroshima, that is what happened in Nagasaki. Yeah. And that's what happens in a lot of religions where you have to sacrifice with fire something. You know, a a, a ritual fire, which creates a plasma, a gate, a doorway between dimensions. Mm
2: -hmm. By the way, I would like people, um, I'm not going to go into my items. I would like people uh, who weren't on the part one show where we went into my items, all but number seven. Um, Everything having to do with the Trinity nuclear test and Robert Morningstar and my very informed opinion uh, analysis <laughs> that Oppenheimer and company um, uh, intentionally opened the doorway with the bomb, that that was the reason, the real reason. I
0: am in it. agreement and you know and why? In the
2: nuclear age. But I do, I have now added two items and I'm not sure. Yeah, they are up. So if you went to my items and you went to number one. I've now added one B and one C, and I'm gonna briefly mention what they are because it's very important for this discussion. Item 1A uh, was my original item one in part one on the 12th of August, the last time we did the Oppenheimer part one show. One B is new, and this is an article. If you click on the link, uh, the the gold font link, it will take you to the actual article. The United States preps for nuclear fallout. Why is New York City urging people to get their go bag ready after issuing the first nuclear attack public service announcement since the 1960s? That was just a year ago. Interestingly, it was on September 11th. Okay. Okay. Uh, And then 1C, um, just the other day, I think this is about a week ago um Missouri Congressman Cory Bush that's a photograph of her there in front of the US Capitol in Washington DC Missouri Congresswoman Representative Cory Bush is pushing the House of Representatives to pass this was her sponsorship bill the Justice for Jana Elementary Act El- elementary school act it should have read of 2023 which would create a, a federal fund to clean up schools impacted by the toxic radioactive waste that is still in the United States from the World War II Manhattan Project. On August 16th of this year, just a few days ago, that's the date of it, an email from her office notes that President Biden just came out. So that would have been like, what, August 15th? That President Biden just came out in support of, quote, compensating... Communities, United States communities, that is American citizens, which are still endangered by the dumping of radioactive waste from the Manhattan Project. So all of this is coming out at
0: once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. So um, let me let me uh, try to reframe my my train of thought here. I want everyone to go in my items, and then we're going to get to John. Uh, I want you to go to number. I think it's, oh, Let me. Let me actually go look. Let me not to. To uh, you know, do this. Um,
2: By the way, Richard, in your number ten, what are those vertical lines that cross in an X?
0: What are those? Okay, from? those are rockets, solid rockets, trailing smoke, so that the physicists can see the blast waves, sh- moving them. Geometrically.
2: Oh, oh i see i understand it's part of the experiment
0: okay. yeah exactly and they were
2: it's not it's not created by the detonation. oh no
0: no 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 those are those are fired off before the detonation so you have a way of tracing in the clear atmosphere the shock wave progression and all that
2: i understand okay
0: okay so uh you want to go to item 13. this is the trinity marker which literally is at the site of the detonation of the uh a test atomic explosion on July 16th, just before dawn. And I need to now look up the alignments because... And it's a pyramid. It's a tall Russian-style pyramid. That's right. Why the hell is it that shape? Why is it a pyramid at all? Because that's, of course, the static marker of hyperdimensional connectivity, which is why the experiments by Golod, the Russian billionaire around Moscow and in Ukraine and elsewhere... That these pyramids duct energy in and do all kinds of magical things to matter. That literally is a visual symbol that the bomb was a hyperdimensional gateway. And that they knew it. Yes, of course they knew it. Now that, that's
2: why uh, they did it.
0: Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You've said that five times, and I agree. I
3: know. I know. You
0: said it. Let's go back to well, I've got a deeper question. Why of all the gin joints in all the world, quoting Casablanca was robert oppenheimer chosen to lead the manhattan project of all the physicists and there were a lot of genius level physicists including the folks that fled from germany why was oppenheimer of all people who was the least uh organized you know leader team manager systems analyst kind of guy you could imagine he was your really airy-fairy, brilliant, genius uh, academic. He came up with equations, him and his his grad students, uh, regarding black holes that really worked before the name even had been coined by Wheeler decades later at Princeton. I believe, now I can't prove this yet, but I'm on the trail, that Roppenheimer was selected to head this project precisely because of what Barbara just said. The creation of the bomb was not just to nuke fascism and the Japanese. It, was no, it wasn't to,
2: necessary it was
0: open it was opening gates between dimensions to try by those that knew to crack us out of our bubble if we have been segregated in the phantom zone Alas the Superman movies and we're in prison. And the only way to get out of prison is to have a big enough you know, safe cracker, so you crack your way out of prison. I believe that was in the military mindset, that's how you'd approach it. You got a problem-
2: Could also be because of the physical location on the planet?
0: Well, remember, it turns out Trinity, and I said this two hours ago, I looked geocentrically the coordinates of the Trinity site is 33 degrees geocentric, Mm -hmm. which is part of the 19.5 equation. Of all it's also the
2: Masonic. It's Masonic.
0: But that's why the Masonics have 33 degrees. It's all the physics. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the physics stupid, as Clinton would have said if he knew enough, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so the Trinity marker is a tall pyramid a la the Russian modification of the Egyptian pyramids because the shape of the pyramid changes the ducting depending upon which era in the Vedic cycle, going back to ancient... Indian history, you happen to find yourself in. Now, I believe
2: from the movie Oppenheimer that the location. That, I don't know if it's true or if it was just creative license um, by Chris by Christopher Nolan. No, he, he did some uh, of that in the movie. Yes, but he did some of it. But I don't know. Maybe you know it, or David or Jonathan knows. Um, is it a fact that the movie presents as a fact? That the location was chosen because that's either he owned the land,
0: Oppenheimer owned it, or he had gone there in his childhood and loved it. He just loved New Mexico, all of it, and the reason it was so
2: chosen—they're part of New Mexico.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, I, I, academically, I can't answer because I haven't been able to research it yet. Uh, I don't think his ownership had anything to do with it because you can't randomly, you know, own 33 degrees unless you really. Have a long-term plan, but
2: or maybe they maybe it's family-owned. It may, well,
0: we, we can. That's isn't. part of the public record. We will find that out. Yeah. More important, it's called the Way of the Dead. Thirty-three degrees. Remember, the physics does not come up equally in planets and stars at all latitudes. I'm it,
2: sorry, who calls it the Way of the Dead?
0: The Spanish. Are getting, you
2: talking about the area?
0: The area. That's why they chose it. Because if mean it,
2: that's, that's their name that's
3: for their that. Na- oh.
0: Go look at my item number four from Wired Magazine. The description of that site in Spanish is the way of the dead, the, something de morte. So I, and it's 33 degrees, so I don't think that was an accident because if the Spanish, which of course, you know, there were oh. in clubs and out clubs in every culture, if they knew from the Native Americans who lived there that, yeah, the dead kind of come back and run campfires more easily here than 100 miles north because of the latitude. Now we're to latitude, rotation, and plasmas as gateways. I want to
2: remind you of something really important, and please listen to at least two sentences (laughs) a minute before you comment. I want to remind you. Uh, I'm going to not think of his name here for a moment, but it'll come back to me. Um, the, the guy in the Pentagon that we all know, I'm skipping on his name right now, who was head of um, non-lethal weapons, okay? Um, and he wrote a book. John
0: Alexander.
2: John Alexander. I knew John Alexander. When I was, it was the combination of being in the White House and having just earned the first accredited graduate degree in parapsychology in the world. He sought me out. So John Alexander wrote a book can't remember the title right now but it's about UFOs and it was it was his mission in this book to interview everybody he could that he knew at the highest classification levels all throughout the government and intelligence community and the military and asked them about this now this is this is a this is an apologetic book Alexander wants you to believe there's nothing to see here people move on but as you know from a previous show we did, Richard, <laughs> there was that one incredibly and I can I'm gonna pull it out and I'm gonna send it to Keith again as to add to my items. It's incredibly important. He interviewed this really, really top deep state guy, military and intelligence, and he talked to him about the craft and all of that and this guy listened to him, and then he pounded his face, his fist on the table, and he said, you are not supposed to know about this stuff until you die.
0: Yes, I was just going to bring that up because it wasn't a private meeting. It was in a Pentagon meeting in yeah. a conference room with yeah. a whole bunch of other people, and he was yeah. an undersecretary of defense, and he said, yeah. you're not supposed to know that till you die because exactly. it's all connected. Everything, everywhere, all at once. When the physics gets to where it is now, which it has not been because of the processional cycles and the Vedas for 26,000 years, you get these windows where there's this potential for huge planetary cultural revolution, maybe breaking out of prison, but they only come every 26,000 years. And we're in that window now, and look what's happening, because frankly, if you can imagine the faces are not imaginary, but are real in those bomb images. Imagine the amount of consciousness that could come through if we had a global thermonuclear World War three. Is Barbara, someone? Say
2: is hang on,
0: hang on. Is someone pushing us? Precisely
2: it? the calculation teller did, and they went ahead with Trinity. And yeah, everything. but
0: see, I'm gonna. All right, David has something to say, and then I'll come back with an answer for you on that. Okay.
2: And what about Jonathan?
0: Yeah, Jonathan. Obviously, we're gonna give him as much room between now and the and the bottom of the show. I think he can do it in a half hour plus. Because it basically is icing on the cake. His totally, totally separate research – he has no idea what I've been looking at – is extraordinarily confirmatory of this model. So, David.
1: Well, I just want to bring up the – of course, the Russians also stole Edward Teller's H-bomb – and, of course, they built the biggest H-bomb, which was Tsar Bomba, which was 50 megatons, which is much stronger
0: than they, all the they, they wanted 100, and they only – Khrushchev finally listened to the physicists. They said, we can't build 100. We can only build 50.
3: Hmm.
0: Now,
1: remember that the, the UFOs over the U.S. Capitol in July, again July of 1952, there were two dates in those sightings was only three months before the United States tested the first H-bomb. Yeah. And, again, the Russians had their spies in there. I don't know how they do it. They got the H-bomb and built a bigger one. But I want to know what interdimensional events occurred around the H-bomb. Is there a difference between the atomic, the regular atomic bomb using plutonium, versus
0: no i don't hydrogen. think so because it's the creation of the energy and the plasma that's what you have to have and both create copious amounts of plasma well, and a thousand
2: times more
0: well that just makes a bigger gate in other right. words
1: it makes a bigger gate and then kennedy signs the test ban treaty russia agrees and suddenly there's
0: no more testing and there's no there more testing
2: in the atmosphere above
0: the ground but below ground, ground is just as useful for creating time right. windows or warps
1: Oh, that, I wonder what the – would it open up the underworld? Would, would it do the same
0: no, thing? No 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 no, you... no, 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 no. No, it's between dimensions. It doesn't matter where in three space you bang it off. It opens the gate to dimensions. Let me right. go to my number 15, and then we have to go to John. Number 15 is – remember the Tonga eruption of the so-called volcano under the Pacific off the Tonga, the island of Tonga? Mm-hmm. Of course. At, this look, was a huge thing look at Look at 15. Yeah. It, it is a, like a It is a cube. It's, a, it's cube. a double tetrahedron. It is a blatant, overwhelming, the most energetic ever measured by physicists of what they think is a natural event. It wasn't. It was banged off megatons? it was banged off at the nineteen point five latitude, geocentric, give or take, okay, and look at that enormous face on the left hand side of your cube do you see it eyes and nose and mouth i do and other see this is why we need to get ai to look at this which nobody can accuse of being you know well
2: i think we should i think we we will we will so that we get the uh the subjectivity out of it yeah
0: yeah well some of just jump in and interrupt every 30 seconds like (laughs) barbara does (laughs)
2: John, stop it.
0: Stop it. Every John. It's
6: John. Unbelievable. Well, the,
0: well, the reason that I interrupt is because I know where you're going and I'm already there. So. You're the host. I, I, you, you can interrupt. No, you no, 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 <laughs> no. John, if you want, won't wait for a proper introduction. And you're going to have a whole half hour, if not a little more, because you don't need to make the case over and over and over. You have data on a scale so big, both physically and dimensionally in time that nobody in their right mind would look at except with this as background and foundation, because what it says to me is that consciousness has been trying to penetrate our 3D realm for a very long time in every way possible on timescales which are unimaginable based on our current perception of time and reality and duration. And time is not a limiting factor at all over geological timescales, consciousness is trying to manifest as monuments in this dimension and that's the second
2: what is red blotch on the right
0: that's the shadow this oh, was the
2: shadow okay. yeah this,
0: this was the late 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 evening when they when somebody detonated this the sun was coming from the far left the west slantwise almost horizontal And that's the shadow of the cube on the ocean, you know, and and the surrounding clouds.
2: Okay. Thank you.
0: Okay. I thought that was obvious, but see, nothing is obvious if you don't. Well,
2: if it weren't red, it would have been obvious
0: that it's reddish. Well, the reddish part is, remember, sunset. Mm -hmm. You're looking at clouds that are literally red because that's the available sunlight.
2: Okay. I understand. Okay.
0: So, John has been doing work we uh, do the setup you got about five minutes and then we'll go into the details uh, af- after the bottom of the hour break take no, it away the richard
1: tonga was 10 megatons tonga was 10 megatons there we go
0: ah but it was not a thermonuclear explosion and it wasn't a volcano because the signature was a cube a double tetrahedron that implies a specific geometry of the mechanism a message in other words Can we go to your item 13, Richard? Okay, let's go to 13. Until
6: people – one of the things – one of my tasks on the other side is to get people to remember how to see. They've been human for a while. They can't see (laughs) in the spirit world. They forget. So now I've been given the task to remind people how to see here in the 3D world. You have these people are overlooking. Look, Look in the background. These are my friends. I've gotten to know these people over the last two years. You mean the mountains, else you, you,
0: you, 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 you mean the mountains ringing the white sand site? The mountains, I have to do I'm going to have to make a video a whole, uh, on
6: no, Nobody even sees any of that. That's a huge problem. And Would you
0: look, I, I, Tonight, it's John,: a John, anniversary. John: John, John, just assume the sale. Don't give us all the background excuses. Just move forward with your model. All right. It's two years since
6: I saw Keith's photos of Archer's Park and decided to dedicate my life to these architects. So let's go to my items real quick. We have about a minute.
0: Well, we got Uh, half an hour on the other side. So do the setup.
6: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, I'm going to talk about the first one is the eclipse coming, or was this the eclipse that was in 2017? Yes, and how White Sands
6: is an area, 275 square miles of crystals. Of gypsum. Gypsum. Which is yes. a magnesium salt. And then you have uh, Salt Lake up there, and in between you have the largest concentration of arches on planet Earth. Okay. So I guess that would be the setup.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, in my mind, when I first saw Archer's Park from Keith's images and then your work, I thought, okay, we've got an incredibly high-tech civilization, you know, busy as little beavers with hammers and chisels. And I'm I'm being somewhat facetious. In other words, a 3D human interaction with the with the work site, with the material, with the sandstone and the granite and whatever. The more I've looked at this, the more I'm thinking that these huge geoglyphs both on Earth and on Mars, and as you're going to see, even on the moon, can be done extra dimensionally if you just have enough time. Yes, no, maybe? Oh, we're at the bottom of the hour. Okay, let me go look here. Uh, sorry. Uh, actually, yeah, we are. Okay. All right, everybody hold their places. We will... Um, We will be back in a minute or two or three (laughs) from the time that I punch the right button. Okay.
3: Tune in to listen
4: to Richard C. Hudland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Support the broadcaster to provide you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com.
0: And welcome back, everyone, to the last half hour in the other side of midnight. What I hoped we could do tonight was to lay foundation connecting the bizarre events of Hawaii, of Maui, which I believe was a ritual hyperdimensional sacrifice. Now, I think the data is tipping me to someone did it with a lot of assistance on both sides of the mirror, both sides of dimension to create an outcome. It's a prelude to other things that are coming. And then you have the bomb, Oppenheimer, and you have the fact that I agree with Barbara, it was done deliberately with the war as the provocation to develop, in terms of current human technology, the ultimate way of forcing open such a gate so that something could come through. In this case, consciousness maybe consciousness we do not want in our realm. Which leads us to John's work. Because John has been looking, starting with Utah, and then covering whole cliffs and mountains and continents on Earth, and then looking at the structures apparently embedded in that ancient dome around the moon. And he's come to a startlingly interesting but now complementary of completely independent conclusions. So John, you're on.
6: Well, let's look in our own solar system here. We have a planet that is theorized to have blown up a long time ago. It left behind this ring of rubble, the asteroid belt. We don't know what caused that explosion. But I have a theory. And then we have Mars, which is a devastated surface. And Dr. John Brandenburg has shown that uh, there's a case for a nuclear uh, part of the equation that could be involved with that devastation. And then on Earth, we have humans. Which have had rise and fall civilizations over hundred thousands of years, and now here we are again, trying to get something going, and we have this uh, Oppenheimer guy and the, the nuclear uh, test done there in Mexico. And I believe that you know, that was a necessary thing to to prevent evil from taking over the world and so forth. But uh, there were unintended consequences, and that the Earth is now out of tune, so to speak. The whole solar system, as you know, Richard, is is out of tune. And this dissonance, uh, it, it increases. There was a Star Trek Next Generation episode where the, the scientist woman, her son Remy, was killed by the crystalline cre- creature, and... So she kind of went after that creature and and she played a sound and the creature's like, ah, stop, stop, ah, and the creature blows up. And so that's, I believe, what we're dealing with here to an extent is that the re- these arches are finely tuned uh, to resonate so that the earth is a um, healthy consciousness And humans can live on it in accordance with that consciousness and so on. And the moon, too, and Mars, I'm sure, had many arches as well.
0: Well, if we live in a designer solar system, let me interrupt. Mm -hmm. The whole thing was tuned for consciousness for us. And then something horrible happened. Someone, I believe, tried to sabotage the experiment by literally blowing up one or more worlds. And everything is now out of tune And we're no longer in an environment where we're connected we've somehow been separated so that when we die we think that's it lots of people when we die we think that well in one model we can come back you know as other life forms endlessly 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 and there's huge you know uh, Hindu traditions about how do you get off the wheel of karma and all that I think we're kind of like you know ants looking at an elephant and trying to imagine the whole organism by basically looking at some part of, of the elephant's toenail. We know so little compared to so much we need to learn to even begin to imagine the real reality we're immersed in. And all these little clues are that someone is trying to use kind of primitive you know, 3D physics and technology to to the garden, if we can use that metaphor.
6: Yes, and one of the things I've discovered is that you were right, Richard, about, like, the clouds. Um, All these mountain ranges, uh, they're all depictions of these architects. And at certain times and certain days, you see that the clouds will complement. It becomes the crown of this person it becomes this, this person. So it is, it's an extension of this artwork and this overall technology. And I've been talking on several shows about this um,
0: holographic well, my, artwork. My, my metaphor is think of dying in a stream. If you're an, in, in, you know perishable but invisible consciousness able to interact with our 3D world, how would you make yourself known? You need to use something in 3D that's visible to make the invisible visible. And clouds have been a classic projection of imagination for forever. And I'm beginning to think, based on these other examples, that it's all dependent on time scales. Like Robin doing, you know, images in the mirrors and the dust, and someone sculpting clouds on an afternoon for observers lying in a park looking up, to observe is simply two ends of the same spectrum of consciousness trying to say, I'm here. I'm here. See me.
6: Yes. It's, it's such a travesty that humans have been conditioned not to see. So my last three sides are an example of this. Um, I had a nap earlier and I, I get up, like I said, it's a two year anniversary. So I'm very focused on where I've come the last two years and how far I've got to go. And so slide uh, number four, item four. Well, so I get up and I I sit down at the computer, I have a snack and, uh, you know, I get these pings from these people, these telepathic pings. And, you know, I'll go to YouTube and go on YouTube and there's a video showing it. It's uh, some action scenes from the Hulk movie from 2003 and I look and <laughs> I start watching. I'm going, oh, yeah, that was a cool movie. Yeah, I'll watch that. It's like an eight-minute video. And and here's the Hulk in white sands. And, um, you know, he's the product of gamma radiation uh, accident. And I go, oh, that's what you guys were pinging me to is tonight's show about, you know, Oppenheimer and all David, this. And, David's model, yes. Yeah. And so uh, – and then – uh, Hulk defeats all these tanks, and he jumps away, and the choppers are following him. And the next scene, he lands on his cliff, and I, I had to grab the remote and pause it, and I just said to you know the folks around me, you got to be kidding me, because he lands in what has become the last two years my home away from home, Arches Park. I recognize oh, it. Oh, how coincidental. How huh. coincidentally. And who else on the panel or on the planet even is seeing this stuff? It it's it's heartbreaking to me. So
0: so yeah, I John, just, just cheer up. You've been at this two years, I've been at this forty. Okay? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the hardest thing, Jonathan, is to get other
6: people to see what yes, you see. that's my job. When,
1: when you see something, I find it takes at least three years to to get. Like you could, you, we can say this on Richard's show tonight, but the people are so slow.
0: If you're persistent, in three years they'll get it. Well, no. Well, I, wait, I wait, like wait, wait, channel. wait. But oh, before we leave it there, I think there's there's a there's a trend curve which is being accelerated, going straight up. It used to be a long time. It's shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And I'm seeing things now that I know I looked at years ago that I never saw. So I think it has to do with the veil lifting, which in my model is the thinning between dimensions and the other consciousness. I'm seeing this really cute guy in the upper right-hand corner under the helicopter, the stuff at the top of the cliff. I I see a beautiful face there, three-dimensional Bilaterally symmetric. Uh, two years ago, I would have just said, I'll oh, just paradolia. Now, because of the Martian art, because remember, all the Martian art we see is all these faces grouped yep. together again and again and again. Like the Martians, whoever they were, our great-great-grandmothers, are telling us, this is reality. Just pay attention.
2: And that's also the essential image in the book of Revelations.
0: Oh, please oh, yeah, just hang on, hang on. Much. Describe that. Describe that. I haven't read my book of Revelations lately.
2: Well, it's, um, maybe Jonathan can help me out here, um, or David. But I think
0: David, David would be eagle. the guy. It's the eagle. It's the man. It's the. Oh, lion. the oh, the four. Yeah, and the four horsemen. Well,
1: the four, the four beasts is The both four beasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in in Ezekiel.
0: And remember Ezekiel, the four sides of the of the rotating wheel. Right. Rotation. So what
1: Jonathan's showing here is, again, coincidental. The Hulk is is being born yeah. out of a gamma ray. Exactly, first, yes. Which is exactly what we've been talking yeah. about all night. And it's incredible. Remember so a long
0: time mind. ago, many years ago, I said the super uh, uh, comic uh, superhero movies are reality, and this is the fake reality? Yeah. I'm moving more and more in that direction.
6: Yeah, so uh, like slide five, to me <gasps> –
0: Okay. You know, I Let me see it this four. holographic
6: art, and it seems very obvious, so I have okay. to get other people to see it. Now, uh, item five, I can use the bottom image of item five, I think, pretty easily to show some of the stuff. In the background, uh, near the top of the picture, you see a hole of some blue area. That is frame arch. And it was named frame arch because when you're on the other side of it looking Toward delicate arch, it seems like it frames delicate arch, hence its name. so what people aren't seeing, it is so obvious, and these arches are channeling the light that creates these holographic images. so now look at this. you have that arch there where the blue light is coming through to the left of that. They use concave and convex Plus the arches to create So to the left of that Frame arch you have a concave area That's the other eye That's the right eye of this person One of the faces that is looking right at us In the eye Uh, Between that you kind of have their nose And down uh, You follow the cliff down You have their face And then you know there's other faces Also in this cliff all through It's all these people that are Becoming like my friends and my extended
0: family. One of my cliches, John, has been what you cannot imagine, you cannot see. And for people like me, who's very left brain, it's taken me a while to kind of cut loose that part of the brain and to see patterns that are verifiable. I'm telling you, the AI model is going to be able to verify this because there's no way you can accuse, as Barbara said a moment ago, an AI program of being subjective or persuadable or carrying over, you know, seeing its mother when it comes out of the womb or whatever excuse it is for not looking at these in a realistic way. And the thing that I find so incredibly supportive is we're not just seeing human faces. I see all kinds of different species. Yes. Both animal, alien, ET, yep. human. And and there's so many of them in some of the bomb tests, because in the model, the bigger the bomb, the bigger the gate, the more consciousness can rush through and imprint on the plasma and the roiling dust, that facial identity, which they carry with them in other dimensions and is their literal visible soul.
1: I said also you have the you have uranium mines, which are all i mean i've been to arches and I had an incredible mystical experiences camping right in the arches, but that's your uranium mine pits i mean that's what Moab, Utah was it was the uranium mine, and again that's where again uranium gives off gamma right it gives off gamma mm-hmm. you
0: have
6: the government that's
0: well radioactive decay will will create its plasma. Radioactive decay of natural occurring elements like uranium will create plasmas. You know, it all to me. It's all about time scale. Now we have examples on a very short time scale. The bombs. We have examples on equally short time scales, but a much smaller set of dimensions, which is fires. We have. Do you know why that the guys in the Titan were killed the way they were killed by implosion at the Titanic? In this model, it's because when the walls of that submersible collapsed, it was, they were literally moving toward each other at 1,500 miles per hour by the pressure of the ocean two miles down. That created an intense ball of plasma, which allowed so the, go. which allowed the souls of those pioneers to exit this dimension and something else simultaneously, like passing through a tunnel, to come into this dimension at the site of the sacrifice of the victims of Titanic you know, a hundred and whatever years before.
2: Richard, what what was it that created the...
0: The pressure of the water collapsed the shell of the submersible at such velocities that when the two sides met in the middle it created an intense several thousand degree ball of plasma
3: do we
2: know
0: this Are yes it's sure? physics it's ordinary physics okay. everybody okay, knows 19- this who is 52. in who is in the business most people don't know this because they think something two miles underwater it would be cold no it's like detonating a bomb
1: in 19- like 19- like 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 a like
0: a tactical nuclear weapon barbara
1: watch this jonathan jonathan watch this in 1952, U.S. geologist Charles Dean found the largest uranium deposit in the United
6: States near Moab, Utah.
0: Ah, uh, yes. ding, 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 Jonathan.
6: Yes, and that's why the government dug into a mountain that's right in between Park Avenue arches and the Corona Arch. And they're filling the mountain. It's the Department of well, Energy. Uh, and they're okay. filling
0: it up with this spent nuclear cake. I have to, I, I have to interrupt again because... Remember I said that Biden, on the day of the Lahaina catastrophe, was ceremonially preserving the lands around the Grand Canyon for Native Americans who think that's where their souls are born? Do you know what that document, that memorialization, that law that he signed also does? It forbids uranium mining in the same region. Great. We cannot destroy any more of this. Again, it's all part of the same tapestry. You just have to unloosen your imagination to imagine the unimaginable.
6: Yeah, I sent you uh, an image uh, this past week uh, in an email. And again, nobody sees or mentions the sculpting of the Hawaiian Islands.
0: Well, they're literally at 19.5, so if this was going on, geologically, Most, uh, where else people. would that be happening?
6: There, the islands are the faces of these people.
0: Well, which people and when? These architects. Because remember, on the geological time scale, I'm proposing that some of this stuff requires a million years to create.
2: Uh, which islands are you speaking of?
0: The Hawaiian Island chain.
6: Oh, the Hawaiian Islands. Yeah. Which are the entire surface of the Earth, but yes, the Hawaiian Islands.
0: Well, I would say that, again, science is nothing if it's not prediction. In order to validate your model, John, we have to constrain the parameters like are certain latitudes better, others? Yes. That's why they
6: put the St. Louis
0: Arch at 39 degrees and Washington,
6: D.C., Monolith at 39 degrees. But see,
0: AI is going to be the panacea for the science because nobody can accuse the AIs of being conscious. They're just pattern matching, and they can go through millions of patterns, and they will come up with absolute answers that will verify what we're talking about, and people will believe it because, quote, it's objective machine consciousness as opposed to, you know, zooey-dooey humans. Yeah, it gives them an escape. Okay, we got 10 minutes. Get to the good stuff, John. Come on.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He already
0: has. <laughs> well, he's got a couple more examples
6: here. Well, yeah, my item six is just showing that um, if we don't, if if I can't get people to see this, I mean, like I'm editing the end uh, oh. of Shards of the Gods, Richard. We You did that show um, a couple of months ago, and I've been editing that. And I, I think I'm done. And then they tell me, no, we want you to go paint. The Badlands of Canada. Oh, the Badlands. Look at all those faces. If you get people to see, they already see, like what Keith pointed out at one point on the show. You know, I got this Badlands Guardian. Now, I will come in, and and so I painted all that, and I put it in the show. I painted the Hawaiian Islands. When I say painted, I've used the same thing. It's like a huge
0: crowd. Each one of those pillars seems to be a person. Yes. See, now no it, one is going to believe this unless they stay with it a long, long time. They tonight are writing us all off as Fruit Loops.
6: Uh, boy, when you get it and then it's just, oh my God, it's an onslaught. Well, you
0: and, have to have, have just... the bigger model. You have to understand why this would be happening. And what it tells me, apropos of Robin and the mirror and the dust, is on different timescales, consciousness can persist over Literally millions of years, which of course makes everything different, or it should.
6: Yeah, they uh, like Georgia said, and and well, I was talking to Georgia. This is I, why I wanted Georgia to be is part is of the conversation. Time. So there, there is time on the other side,
0: but it's in cycles. Well, and it may not be in cycles there, but it's in cycles in terms of us because. The modulation is from this side. The cycles are the celestial movements of mass, yes, planets. Right. Yep. You know, hyperdimensional astrology, going back yep. to Rick Levine and conversations we've had, and there, there, it's it's fractal. There's very brief time scales, and then there's huge, immense time scales. And yes. maybe consciousness, as it grows, is able to hang on to consciousness longer. So the geological stuff is by the really, really old souls.
6: Well, just think about how long it
0: takes to
6: fashion the art of the cosmos, where you have the disk of the Milky Way galaxy, which is also extensions of the monuments on Earth. You look at the, the mountain range and you have this person, mm. and then you see that you know, at night there's something in space outer space that is their crown.
0: Okay, you have opened up another doorway, which of course is what we're trying to do here tonight. When, yeah, I fin- when, I, when I finally get to do the Chandra show with Chandra Vikrama Singh on the anniversary of Webb, I'm gonna show some examples of interstellar nebula, which Barbara had the same kind of multiple different faces of different beings Different genotypes, different species, as I'm seeing now in the nuclear tests, and they are. On...
2: You attributed that to me. I just saw the question mark. Oh yeah, no no I no no the... no
0: no no! I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a question you asked earlier about how this was done, and on, on oh. the timescales. But My yes, gosh. because interstellar clouds are plasmas, David.
2: Yes, that's right.
0: They're just on a huge scale, and I found stuff which is so mind-boggling. That unless we lay foundation, nobody's going to believe that. And it's not just faces; it's also geometry and structure. Yeah, and the banner that you picked for that show. When I saw it, I just that's the one.
5: Kind of threw up my.
0: That's the one. Now the hey, question is: the question is, do the web people know this, or are they being subconsciously guided by someone whispering to you in your dreams, John? When you get up, you need to turn on YouTube. Exactly. Okay, we've got two about uh, uh, basically two minutes. Who has something pithy to end this remarkable discussion with? Well, I do. Good.
2: Everybody should speak. Um, I think that for me, the bottom line message to get out is um, they are sacrificing humans on this planet and it's increasing. And these are burnt sacrifices, which is what the word Holocaust means. And if we don't want to be sacrificed, we have to wake up and get the message to literally eliminate all nuclear weapons.
0: That's a very good point to end on. Hey, guys, I want to thank everyone, my panelists tonight, David Sarita, Barbara Honiger, Jonathan Womack. Uh, We really missed you, Robert. You were supposed to be part of this so obviously, we will do at some point a part three, when John's work matures a little more, find out the Indians are going to uh, um, confirm the existence of the domes, and we will then answer or address the question, which I was going to earlier tonight, and we didn't have time, why of all people was Robert Oppenheimer picked to develop the U.S. atomic bomb? And there is an answer. The question is, are you going to believe it? So we are literally at the top of the hour in a remarkable night as hurricane slash tropical storm Hillary pummels the Southern California area. Barbara's safe. Uh, Ron is safe. He has no phone, but he's safe. George is safe. I guess has no phone either or internet. So until next Saturday, when we're going to do the Chandrayaan 3 mission in reverse. Were they successful? Did they land? We won't know for a week. So until then, remember, third star on the left, straight until morning. Good night, everyone.